there! Welcome to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for Doctor Strange. My name is Tom Chick, and I am here with Christian Merlinski. Really just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> and with our Doctor Strange tagline, the official one of the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast, Kelly Wand. Finally, a Marvel character whose hand gestures make CG. Kelly Wan, I don't understand that one. Who else's hand gestures make CG? All the X-Men and Wolverine and Captain America. Captain America's hand gestures do not make CG. No, the shield's CG. Ah. Thor, Odin. Because unlike Alec Guinness Batman. in Star Wars, those are faked physical gestures. When Alec Guinness does it, does it he doesn't need any CG. It's fake Fiji, C, Fiji too. <laughs> Fiji, that's not how you say Kevin Feige's name. <laughs> Oh, look at Dingus in on the Marvel references. Well done, Dingus. It's Feig. You don't hear the A? I'm not even sure how to say it. I think Feige, isn't it? It like could Russia. be Feige or Feige. Seven Feiges. Well, I thought it was it – it's spelled like beige, isn't it? So you just assume Feige. I don't know. I think, it's, I think the G is hard, like GIF. Hmm. All right. So you, and you want Kevin. Let's critique this man's name. Actually, it's Jevin. <laughs> Kelly, do you have other Doctor Strange taglines since I was a little bit confused by that first one? Do you have one? Yeah, it's pretty puzzling. For me, yeah. <laughs> Just don't ask him to drive you home. <laughs> oh. That would apply to Dingus? a lot of uh, characters, though. Dingus is worried about his health. Do you have one that wouldn't defend Dingus? Uh, saw two women in half and call him in the morning. See, because he's a doctor and a... Uh, wizard. Oh, and a magician. Like a magician, a yeah. magician, like Joe Bluth. A That's magician and a sorcerer. Right, right. Who are we kidding? And is it just is it just three taglines, or do we have more? That's it. No, those are good. Good. I'm happy with those three. Yeah. Uh, well, let's not spoil the movie yet. By the way, maybe some of the listeners haven't seen it. In which case, Dingus, without spoiling Doctor Strange, tell the listeners just a little tiny bit about it, just the basics. All right, well, this week we saw Doctor Strange. Right. Don't, not, don't do, like, DR period. No, no, yeah, it's not Doctor Strange. It's Doctor Strange. Right. Uh, hmm. 2016. I'll wait for Snickers to be opened. <laughs> it's right after Halloween, Dingus. People have Halloween candy to eat. That is a good point, actually. It's, um, hmm. We saw Doctor Strange, a 2016 American action-adventure fantasy superhero Marvel Comics franchise movie, Whew. the 14th movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe about how Obamacare has been a complete disaster. It was directed by Scott Derrickson and written by him with John Spates and C. Robert Cargill, based on the comic book by Stan Lee and based on Marvel Comics by him and Steve Ditko. Mm. It stars Benedict Wong. Uh, I see what you did there. Pretty tricky, Dingus. (laughs) Also Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, Mads Mickelson, Tilda Swinton, Rachel McAdams, and Kovna Holbrook-Smith. Doctor Strange is rated Mm PG-13 for sci-fi violence and action throughout, and an intense crash sequence. Oh, I like that they called that out. 
Oh yeah, there's a PSA at the end of the movie. Did you see that? Where it's yep. drive safely, but it's for kids, so they're telling kids to drive safely. Wait, what? Is that talking, just another button by leaving early, dead gummit. It also talks about not driving under the influence. I, I mean, I think that is. I, I thought it was like, don't drive under the influence. Be careful, everybody. He wasn't driving under the influence. Maybe he was in the comic, Kelly. Wine. Driving under the influence of ego. Oh, uh, that's what they mean by the PSA. Then don't yeah, have an ego when you drive. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Kylan, speaking of PSAs, do you feel that there are any things that the ratings board did not mention that should be mentioned to concerned parents? I would suggest to parents there was some drug use by me right beforehand and uh, Rachel McAdams and Scrubs. (laughs) Okay. That'll kick it up another 30. Uh, Doctor Strange opened it number two behind Trolls. (laughs) (laughs) I like you. What's again? What's the difference? No, he opened it number one. Wizard, sorcerer. See, Tom just. Do you see what Tom did? He yep. trolled us with trolls. Uh, Doctor Strange made eighty-five million dollars. Uh, ooh. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's nobody's surprised. Wait, what's that? Why is Dingus saying ooh? Because he's happy. Well, in the MCU, uh, that's low. Actually, that is a good point. Out of the fourteen movies, it's tenth opening wise. <laughs> yeah, nine Marvel movies opened bigger than Doctor Strange. Only four opened worse than than. Uh, it's open bigger than Ant Man, though. I guess you have to look at it as like in branching. Like you know, it's no Avengers, but is it going to open? I mean, I guess you have to look at them like you would diagram a sentence in the old days. Like, yeah, is, is this one of the adjectives? Or this is the word Doctor. Yeah sentence yeah so uh let's see let's see how it did critically cinema score goers or cinema score folks the people who do those cinema score things basically idiots loved this movie they gave it an a an a on cinema score i loved how smart he was <laughs> uh on metacritic which is the average rating from various reviews it's at 72 out of 100 but on rotten tomatoes the percentage of reviews for Doctor Strange that are positive, 90%. Huh. Positive rating. That's r- almost right up there with Mad Max Fury Road. This er- election's rigged. Kelly Wong, by the time most people hear this, uh, those references will be dated. Hopefully. <laughs> what do you mean, hopefully? By the I time don't know. People, it just keep going. Now, by the time most people are hearing this, uh, Clary, Hillary Clinton will be the next president of the United States. I mean, please. Wait, it's, I, I, I'm sorry if that's a spoiler. For people who listen. And we can complain about that, that, which I'm looking forward to. Sure, yeah. We don't get to do it yet. That's the thing, we have to wait. One thing we don't want to wait for, Kelly Wan, <laughs> is the oh. Strange Love synopsis. Dr. Strange Love synopsis? Yeah, or as I, I think it's probably called the Dr. Stranglopsis. Hmm. So where are you getting the L there? Uh, <laughs> just throwing it in there. Back, yeah, it's close enough. I yeah, guess. The, the same the same way that the script got most most of its plot elements. Ooh. <laughs> what? What? You throwing your you're trolling. Maybe. Throwing your troll in the uh, ringer. Well, we'll see when we get past the synopsis and can speak freely. <clears throat> That's true. It's it's again. It's like the election. We have to wait for it to happen <laughs> before we can complain. Some comic book pages turn into sepia film stock of iconic moments, showing Thor hammering something, Downey looking hungover as he wearily holds up an Avengers 6 script, Ghost Rider taking on some firemen, spraying him with extinguishers, Jonah Hex, 
and audiences watching Batman beat its higher with a hammer. All of which turn into spitting letters that spell out, Marvel Studios, bitches, suck at DC. <laughs> Hannibal and a cadre of Hispanic extras walk into a library, cut off an Asian guy's head, and put it in a basket for later. <laughs> Wait, did you, say, did you say Batman? Yeah, but they're like twisting the knife. Right. They're like showing us watching the Batman movie. Going, remember? Look what we didn't. Look what we are not cleaning up. <laughs> they just use it as their logo. Right. Anyway, an Asian guy's head gets cut off and put in a basket. Then he unchains a book, Hannibal does, and rips out some pages featuring illustrations of CG. Behind him, Tilda Swinton's all, fuck, paper can be torn. <laughs> Snarling, Hannibal casts an inception spell, and everybody jumps <laughs> under the sides of buildings and twirling around. Spider-Man crouched on the side of another building, is all, yeah, pretty magical there. Since it's a Marvel fight, it ends inconclusively with everybody all arbitrarily simultaneously retreating to various locations. <laughs> After a couple minutes. Although she lost the fight and her librarian's just been decapitated, Tilda smirks cockily and heads off down the sidewalk, although she can teleport. A couple passers-by, underwhelmed by the wizard battle, stare in astonishment at her hoodie. It's yellow! <laughs> what? White woman? Damn. Some words are all Dr. Stropsis. Dr. Strange is performing a double brain transplant at Johns Hopkins. Since he's a genius, he likes to listen to 70s music and dance while he operates. A DJ with a smirk stitched onto his surgical mask scratches the phonograph needle. It's actually a syringe. Hurls UFO off the turntable and replaces it with Bon Jovi's Bad Medicine. Dr. Strange is all, Gary, what have I told you about mixing decades after triage? You're fired. Rachel McAdams is a nurse. She shakes her head in affectionate exasperation. One of the doctors in the observation room leans over to me, shakes his head and goes, well, that's the best American accent I've heard since Laurie in Tomorrowland. Later, while Dr. Strange hovers around Rachel McAdams by a scrub basin, she's all, Wait, shouldn't we have washed our hands before the operation? Dr. Serious Man walks on screen and goes, Hey, a guy just came in complaining about a bullet wound, so I zipped him into a body bag and buried him. <laughs> Dr. Strange is all, Must I unzip everything? Rachel, keep sponging yourself. I'll need tweezers and a microscope with black and white capability. Stat. Minutes later, Rachel's all. Careful, Steve. If your tweezers touch the edge, his nose will buzz. <laughs> I've learned more about anatomy than you'll ever forget, nurse. There. Boom. Add this bullet to my wall of surgical removal trophies between the gerbil and matter eater lad's gallbladder. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've seen it cliff to speed alongside. McAdams is all, in Manhattan? But Dr. Strange is already driving slash flipping her off. Later, as his Maserati careens along a winding mountain road at 180 miles per hour, Dr. Strange is all, acceleration, how boring. I know what would stimulate my commute. Declining emergency care. What have you got for me, Judith? His phone's all, heavy sigh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you have to see the account to get some jokes on that. Uh, man with two heads can't get his guillotine to work. Frenchman. Next. Wolverine stuck to his refrigerator again. Uh, He can get a normal skeleton like the rest of us and Ghost Rider. Next. 
Los Alamos scientist was just infected with gamma rays, keeps turning into a giant green. Next. <laughs> Mr. Fantastic tore his sack. Next. Aquaman says his crabs are acting up. Next. Uncle Ben's bullet wound. Next. The guy driving in the lane alongside you just texted to say you should drive carefully. There's a hairpin turn coming up, and you're driving on the wrong side of the divider. Ha, drivers. One moment, actually. Send me his x-rays. Hmm. Yes, I do see mild signs. Cumberbatch <laughs> <laughs> goes, wah. 85 million. His car smashes through the guardrail and spins end over end down three separate cliffs before landing upside down in a forest, then falling back uphill again. Finally, Doctor Strange comes to, shakes his bloody head, and rasps, Next. His hands explode. He comes to in a hospital bed with Rachel McAdams looking down on him. I lean over to my astral form and whisper, or as we call it, preferred expiration scenario number six. Strange is all, God, Rachel, I had the most horrible dream. Zachary Quinto and Chris Pine were just punching me repeatedly. I went on for hours. Then you and I weren't having sex. Oh, my God, what have you idiots done to my hands? Steve, if it makes you feel better, the driver who sideswiped you was Michael Caine. Oliver Stone says his hand got possessed. <laughs> Only one of them? Steve, the serious man doctor tried to help. I mean, he's a... You up in your car in a body bag. Benny insisted we stick all these pins in your hands. But he's lost interest. Despite his wealth and comic timing, Doctor Strange has no friends or relatives. So she sits by his bed for 11 months, then takes him home. Once they get inside, he's all, You suck, and you drove like a grandma on the way over here. Please leave. She shakes her head affectionately and gives him a watch. Turns it over and reads the inscription on the back. To Dr. Strange from Rachel, now you'll know what time I gave this to you. Okay, okay, I'm going. Heart shape. Why would you spell out heart shape? When he wakes up, he's talking to a Hispanic person playing basketball. He's all, someone told me you overcame a spinal injury, so I'm here about my hands. The Hispanic guy dribbles his ball somberly and goes, there are two types of medical treatment for incurable ailments in the Marvel Universe, I say. One is oxygen deprivation, which worked out okay for Deadpool. The other one's getting stoned in Nepal and learning sorcery. Totally fixed my spine and combination skin. Couldn't do anything with my mustache, but it comes at great cost, El Wapo. I'm rich. Get out. Take that McAdams with you. The magic Hispanics all. Oh, I didn't mean costly like money, S.A. He lowers his voice. They make you knock on the door a long time. Thirty hours later, in the middle of a hectic Shanghai intersection at rush hour, excuse me, can one of you tell me how to find Nepal? I need to learn sorcery because my hands hurt. Don't miss my hands. Yes, officer, I know this is speeding traffic, but I just sustained injuries in a traffic accident, and I want to ensure that never happens again. Plus, I'm an American. What do you mean, accent? Follow you and your friends down Witch Alley. Finally, some decency from your kind. No offense. What the? Give us your broken watch, white man, or we leave. <laughs> wow. Ha. My surname notwithstanding, I, dear sir, am no stranger to street smarts, and you third-world tattered demalions have just committed a modest grievance. They start beating and kicking him, having lost all interest in the watch. Suddenly, a robed black man walks on screen. The tough scamper off, giggling and farting. After some preliminary fumbling, the man throws back his cowl. It's Black Panther. <laughs> He's all, 
In this, my name is Mordo. <laughs> I'm impressed by your fight-losing skills. I think you'll fit right in with my organization. Come, I shall introduce you to the Ancient One, who indoctrinates you into the mystic arts of sorcery. Should you have sufficient mental discipline, we can cure most known hand injuries, apocalypses, and spinal paralysis. He'll lean over to Professor X and go, too bad mental discipline isn't your thing. <laughs> Mordo leads Steve a few steps away to a nearby door, which takes them into a monastery foyer. A middle-aged man with a beard yawns at a bench, out of 40 other middle-aged men. Dr. Strange is all, ah, oh, the ancient one. Behind him, Tilda Swinton's all, nope, that's my birth name, gotcha. Wait, what? Is your character Asian? Mordo's all, hey, I'm white in the comics and the Baron, but given my upcoming moral descent, they thought it made more sense for me to be played by a brother. Hey, wait a minute. Tilda's all, drink this tea! Dr. Strange, look, I didn't ride a yak all the way to LaGuardia and fly to Delhi for tea and mumbo-jumbo. Now, do you people have drugs that'll assist me in hands-free self-stimulation or what? Tilda punches him in the chest, which jars his CG form out of his body for a second. He's all, well, how much for one with a happy ending? That's what we sorcerers call punching your astral form out of your colon. And just a heads up to our dear Chinese friends, it's not a ghost. And this, she makes a hand gesture and steps through some vaguely glass-sounding CG, is the mere world. Nothing matters that happens here, which makes fights a bit duller. Also, in this movie, Stan Lee lives in here. So it's like the Matrix, got it. Okay, look, show me something stony in 3D, or give me directions back to the opium di- She punches him again. His body flies through some Dolly and Escher paintings, then some Isaac Abrams, then through Richard Corbin's taint, and finally Stanley's mustache. When he comes to, he's all, teach me how to fall screaming like that whenever you punch me. She's all, no! They throw him out into the streets of Calcutta, which breaks his watch some more. Sobbing, he's all, no! Why did you sell me so much CG if you wanted me to leave? He keeps knocking till eventually a fat, dour-faced Asian man lets him in. This guy's all, Good, you passed the ordeal of knocking. I am Wong. He hands Dr. Strange a ring tab. This is your stick thing. If you lose it during a fight, something happens. (laughs) Just Wong, that's a weird name, says Dr. Strange. Wong stares at him. Strange is all, Get it? Because your name's stupid. Boy, you people sure don't get Caucasian humor. Wong's all, In the comics, I'm your sidekick in ballet, but for story reasons, I've been promoted to incompetent librarian. And rest assured, though my predecessor's shortcomings prove fatal, no one shall be stealing books on my watch unless it's for comic effect. Speaking of which, put down that priceless eye of risotto. It does something. Dr. Strange puts on it. It's sweet. Thanks also for these and this. As Wong proceeds to whirl around in the wrong direction 10 or 11 times, Dr. Strange makes a bunch of portals and by one steals 10 more books. Wong's reading The Window Frame and Apple Core in Wong's Head. When Dr. Strange wakes up, Tilda Swinton's all, Congratulations, you passed the ordeal of talking to Wong. Know now that they are three sanctums, each representing a target demographic. New York, London, and Hong Kong. Also, there's a godlike monster, sort of like Galactus and Thanos, and the dumb thing from Tron and the Matrix Baby. His name's, uh... Yeah, perhaps we shouldn't focus too much on that, but more on what function he serves in the... Pl- Dormammu! Stanley walks on screen grinning. 
Came up with it just like that back in 61 after my cigar fell into some of Kirby's hash. At least I hope it was hash. But yeah, I can do it at will. Names that stand the test of time. Pace Pop Pete, Night Cat, The Condor, and of course my most famous creation, the world's fastest man, Lightspeed. He's still going as a PA with a headset gently escorts him off screen. Tilda's all, now for your first lesson, climb out Everest. Dr. Strange is all, wait, what? But they're already closing the portal on him. After ten minutes of us watching them do nothing, Mordo's all, wait, shouldn't this part be Strange's point of view? Eventually a limo pulls up, but the driver lets Dr. Strange out. He's wearing a parka and drinking a hot toddy. He pats his St. Bernard and goes, you're welcome. Wong's all, you were born for Eastern mysticism. Dr. Strange is all. Speaking of which, I use this Apple spell I read about in issue number 63 of the comic I stole last night from Wong to restore these book pages to that forbidden spell you warned me not to read. Then I read it. Suddenly a portal opens and an Asian guy's head flies out. The head's all. Uh, Hannibal's attacking New York. (sighs) He has to steal another book? What else are we going to recycle? Suddenly, all the buildings start turning sideways again. Hannibal and his Mexican friends are staring at him. Strange is all, um, hmm, where'd the ancient one and Wong go? And Mordo. It's my second day and I'm already alone on the front lines. God, this place makes Hogwarts look like FEMA. Hannibal's all, is your first name Mr.? It's Doctor. Although I'm also an ordained minister, like my dad. So I should call you Father Mr. Dr. Jr.? (laughs) No, my last name is strange. My middle name's annoying. I do not judge. Judge Dredzel, third beast. After glancing uneasily at us, (laughs) they start fighting. Or in Dr. Strange's case, running away. Luckily, he smashes into a glass case containing a red Hefner robe that starts helpfully strangling and concussing the Mexicans for him. Dr. Strange is all, Looks like for once the things finally break for the handsomely tall white... <laughs> Hannibal throws him against a passing bus. Inside the bus, Stanley's drowsing over his autobiography, Excelsior. He looks at us and goes, <laughs> I filmed all my movie cameos in one day, FYI. A portal opens in the hospital next to Rachel McAdams, who, as usual, isn't busy. Strange emerges bruised in his torn wizard clothes while his red robe keeps trying to hump her leg. She's all, he's all, a man is talking. Listen, you probably won't follow much of this, but I went to Tibet to learn sorcery for my hand paint. So now I need you to use an EKG machine and a needle at room temperature to keep me alive on that table while my astral form runs away from this other guy's and knocks over bedpans for a few minutes. She shakes her head affectionately. The next day, Dr. Strange has his limo driver park in the Ancient One's tea room. After the driver opens his door for him, he grandly makes a portal to step through on his way out. Strange faces the Ancient One wog at Mordo and goes, You're welcome again. In New York, I managed to hold off Hannibal just long enough for him to defeat me and steal what he needed. The Ancient One's all, Oh, the cloak of levitation likes ya. The red toga tightens around his crotch. Strange is all, really? I'm Sorcerer Supreme, but I need a cloak to levitate. I mean, look, Hannibal told me that you're doing the same thing he is, tapping into Dormammu's power to remain youthful and beautiful. Not that he looks youthful. Wait, shouldn't your eyes be baggy and skull-like? Tilda's all, all will be revealed or forgotten by episode eight. Mordo's all, (laughs) this particular exposition has turned me evil. He storms off. (laughs) 
Wong's all, I have no opinion. He goes to Hong Kong. Doctor Strange is all, now what? Suddenly Hannibal shows up and kills the Ancient One. Then he portals to a Hong Kong street where Wong somberly confronts him. Raising a mallet in his pudgy fist, Wong's all, This shall be the most epic Marvel battle ever. We instantly cut from this to a portal opening in the hospital next to Rachel McAdams and Scrubs doing nothing again while morticians drape sheets over the decapitated heads of the librarians on gurneys and wheel these through doors marked commissary. Dr. Strange stumbles from the portal carrying the mostly dead ancient one with a scrape of PG-13 colored dirt on her face. He's all... Rachel, I need you to keep this British monk in pain long enough for our astral forms to look at some stars together. She's all... She shakes her head affectionately. Back in Hong Kong, Hannibal yawns and kicks Wong's headless corpse out of the way. While in the purple dimension, Dormammu makes his eyes appear as Doctor Strange flies into view. Doctor Strange is all, Bad news, uh, Dormammu. Your plan succeeded and you brought about the end of the world. But since all the other sorcerers are idiots, I use the apple spell to turn back time and arrive just now instead of too late. Dormammu's all, why not turn back time further and revive the Ancient One? Strange is all. Uh, <laughs> the Ancient One's ghost whispers, All will be revealed or forgotten in episode eight. <laughs> Cumberbatch makes his emboldened expression. Well, Dormammu. Well, Dormammu. Dormammu, well, I, Dormammu, I may not be Iron Man or a Civil War Spider-Man, but I too can cut loose with a zinger when properly, Dormammu kills him. Doctor Strange shows up again and goes, bad news, uh, Dormammu, everything I said last time, and also, I've somehow put us in a time loop, which apparently you're not powerful enough to counteract. Dormammu kills him and kills him and kills him. Eventually, Dr. Strange tricks Dormammu by boring him to death. To celebrate, he shows up in Hong Kong and smirks at Hannibal. He's all, as a physician, this is what I think of efforts to cheat death. He turns Hannibal and his friends into CG that go into another dimension. Then he raises Wong from the dead and goes, welcome back, Wong. Talented fighters like you are hard to come by. Wong starts laughing. <laughs> Wong, my name is stupid. <laughs> Classic. Mordo's all, well, you saved the world. I'm out. He walks off screen again. <laughs> Wong's all. Dr. Strange, there are many sorcerers with seniority over you. But since you have a love interest there, we would be honored for you to assume the decapitated librarian position in New York. Oh, I don't know. I'll have to ask Stinky here. His red robe curls into a dollar sign. He's all, no, I meant McAdams. I thought she was in this scene. Beside him, McAdams is all. <sighs> Some words are all, please leave the theater. While superhero music plays and everyone checks their phones to see if there's an Easter egg. Eventually, we see Thor drinking what we hope is beer while Dr. Strange <laughs> stares at him. Dr. Strange is all, Easter eggs, the cinematic equivalent of the ads on the back covers of the comics. <laughs> You're welcome, nerds. So what's the next movie about? Thor's all. Me dad's missing. Or dead. Or Loki. Think Hopkins has lost interest. His urine magically appears in his beer mug. He smiles approvingly. More superhero music plays while more words tell you who held the boom mics and directed the robes twitches and turned the buildings sideways. Then, as a final cherry, we get to see Mordo standing over the Hispanic basketball player. 
Mordo's all, this is for stealing life forces. Then he steals the guy's life force. As the lights finally, finally come up, Hulk leans over to me and goes, I liked it till he started talking. The end. <laughs> uh, did I really miss uh, – I, I walked out after the Thor thing. Was there really a it's thing with Mordo? Mordo killing someone, yeah. So, so he's supposed to become he's, a bad guy. No, he's not killing him. Oh, what's he doing? He's taking out his magic, so he's paralyzed. Yeah, it's again. Benjamin Bratt, uh, right. he, and he's just taking the magic away from him and uh, and saying, I, I, "I figured out what's going on here. Uh, we need less. We need fewer sorcerers." So he's he's just taking. You know, Benjamin Bratt collapses to the floor because now he can no longer walk. Right, but what we infer from this is that he's now he's the bad guy. I mean, again, the comics, right? But but he doesn't murder. He doesn't kill him. He just takes away his his magic. Yeah, and now he's the bad guy. I think in the comics he kills the ancient one, and he's like a white disciple who's there ahead of Strange, and then Strange supplants him, and it makes him jealous. But I'm just saying that's not what happens at the end of the movie. What he does is he 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 announces that you know his his crusade is now going to be to stop the sorcerers. Thing is, it doesn't matter if he killed him. He's a total dick to Benjamin Bratt. That's matters. what matters. Yeah. Well, I know Benjamin Bratt, so that's the, that is. That's if he killed him, that would be a bad thing. It's a dick move, either way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, it's pretty. This movie is not for me. What about you guys? Uh, I was really looking forward to it, so I'm a little disappointed. So um, why would why were you looking forward to it? Do you know this? Because I love this character, oh, even okay. though he's never he's been well written. Why you love love this character? I'm so because he's super powerful and he's like he's. I just sort of picture him as sort of like I don't know. The problem is he's a little too similar to Iron Man, but they made like he's similar to how Iron Man was in the movies more. In the Wait, how is he similar to Iron Man? Because he lives in like a, he's got a robe and he's got like a New York apartment and he's he doesn't really have a single love interest. That was my takeaway from the movie is that he was he was like a Tony Stark kind of character, right? And that was an, that was an issue that Marvel was dealing with when they were making it. Is they oh. would ask directors who came in when they were auditioning like how so how is he different from Iron Man? Because that's what we're stuck on. And so I don't know that they cracked that per se, and I don't know if they found a way to write him that. Well, I don't know. I didn't like the writing in this movie. I think it took me out of it. Like, I preferred Ant-Man, even. And I think we're, I think making it an origin story was probably a mistake. I think everyone's sick of origin stories now. Like, even the comics thought origin stories were boring. Like, they always rushed right through them to get to the good stuff. And these are, like, character arts, like, designed to be considered disposable to 11-year-olds back in 1962. So it's not that nuanced. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all really rushed. Um, but I mean, I like chunks of this movie early on. I thought it was going to get really wacky. And then by the end, it's kind of the same stuff as usual. I'm a little surprised it's tracking at 90%. I, I am too. Like, I wonder what, uh, regardless. Yeah. Like it, it seems like the suicide squad's not that much worse than this movie to me. I know. It, it seems like such a, well, this movie's unlike Suicide Squad. Like, this movie's really cookie cutter. I mean, say we yeah, about Suicide Squad, exactly. at least they, they claimed to have a different approach. Uh, this movie, I don't think. And Suicide Squad's really weird. Like, it sucks. It's, I'm not saying it's good, but it's, in, it's, I don't know. Like, it, this movie's more boring than Suicide Squad to me. Like, there's less going on in it. Right. Um, and, like, I gotta, my over is Constantine because I thought that was a movie where you didn't have an origin story and you had a guy who ah. had sort of similar skills and you were sort of impressed by how he used his wits and like his powers and like the rules of the universe were, were set up. Um, is Constantine Marvel, by the way? 
No, it's DC, I think, ironically. Ew, gross. Okay. I know, right? And I'm a Marvel – I'm normally a Marvel apologist, and I'm, I'm, I'm even a Doctor Strange apologist, but I don't know. I think the only reason I say ooh, gross is because I think of DC's movies, and I don't think of that as a DC movie. Like that seemed to have much more character. That, that had a lot more personality to it from the actor, from the director. Uh, so it predates superhero glut. Right, 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 exactly. You think it's got to be like this movie. But the Marvel ones are starting to kind of feel too formulaic to me, and I think we're just stuck in the same. There's always the same kind of fights, and these kind of reminded me of X Men fights, where it's just like guys just sort of looking at each other and then doing martial arts, right, like their right. powers aren't doing it. Like X Men Three, where everyone's just on wire foo, and those are every mutant power. Yeah, it's just kind of lazy, and I don't think Cumberbatch was the right choice. I don't know. He seemed a little at sea on how to what they wanted from him, and I, I think that has more to do with the script too. I don't think yeah, it's, it's much not there. Good, no. There's no, there's the lines aren't good. Like, Long, what kind of name is that? I don't think that's a good line. That's bad writing. Oh, I, I didn't. Yeah, so many of the the, the attempts just humor flat. just I thought felt completely flat. But yeah. I, do, I don't. Yeah, I don't think me Benedict Cumberbatch really knew what. To do, and I don't. Obviously, this wasn't a strong director. This is another one of these things that Marvel has been doing, where they give it to a relatively inexperienced—well, not inexperienced, but a relatively new, unknown director. As Dingus rightly pointed out way back, I think when we were talking about one of the Captain America movies, this lets them maintain a sort of creative continuity uh, that they might not have if they had a more outspoken or stylistically distinct director. Uh, and that, that I think is clearly what's going on here. Is I didn't the Scott Derrickson guy, like he's just done a bunch of horror junk. Um, yeah. Do you like any of his horror junk? Uh, the Emily no. Rose thing. I thought you liked. That. I haven't seen the Emily Rose one. I uh, oh. I just know the Sinister movie. Uh, there's another. I don't know what the other one he did is. Uh, Delivers from Evil was the other one. Oh yeah, I didn't even see that. Right. So to be I fair, mean, you never know. You never know. Right. Like. Because the Civil War guys, I don't think I don't know what their credentials were, but I really like that movie. TV, I think like they were TV guys. guys. They were right, right. And I thought that movie killed. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was funny, and like it was like I loved the fight in that movie, and I was always engaged in it. And in this, I was just like really struggling. I think all the characters were bad. <laughs> well, I Rachel McAdams. This, McAdam, this, this is, is what the this Civil is what War comes. guys were from a really good television series, right? Which one? The Civil War guys. Yeah, Arrested Development. Yeah, they were, and they were. They also did um, uh, Winter Soldier, which was fantastic. As far as I, I was concerned, I mean, yeah, I know like that that Tom didn't like it, but I no. mean, those guys really like, knocked it out right, of the park right. in, in both. They, of they, they're good at elevating material, but like this movie felt like a Thor movie. Like I wish the Civil War guys had gotten this one and just seen what they would have done with it. I don't know, Cumberbatch isn't. I guess I like the light Marvel. Where it's kind of like light and fluffy, like Ant Man, well, kind of more like that. Just seems more in keeping with their style in general. I don't like it when they get too DC and cosmic. And I thought Doctor Strange was going to be their their like proof that they could do a DC like epic plot, and it would still be like kind of fun and light and marvelly. And it kind of wasn't. It felt like like Dark World to me. It just made me feel kind of tired. Uh, Dingus, you're being a bit of a wallflower. I'm I'm trying to let you hop in. What I'm are you? Well, I, I, I quite like this actually, okay. and, and I think that it belongs on a spectrum um, because I think that um, one of the things that, that I really like about this uh, this whole uh, MCU that's sort of developing the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that 
it, it exists on the spectrum as far as silliness is concerned. Um, and I like that Kelly Wan brought up Ant-Man because I think that um, that you can sort of see this um, this spectrum of silliness or a spectrum of humor uh, that develops over the course of – again, and I've talked about this before uh, – of this as an overall um, – not just a property or a franchise, even though I make fun of that when I do my, you know, my little sort of mini synopsis thing before Kelly launches into his brilliant, like, like the things that he, that makes everybody love this podcast so much. Um, but the idea of this as, uh, like a series of novels almost, or, or, I, I don't know, a larger work in how each piece fits as a puzzle piece. Uh, I'm, I'm Speaking of puzzle pieces, I'm a little embarrassed because Tom is, has started doing a thing where he talks about um, Cinescore things, and it's, it's uh, you know, this is how idiots feel about movies. Okay, real quick. I, I was worried about – wait, wait. I got I to – And I, I like the count this, last week. I like this this week, so it makes me an idiot. I was worried this was coming across wrong because, no, ding, is there, if you do a Venn diagram, the fact that idiots like it doesn't preclude smart people liking it. Yeah. Right. It's just the lowest common denominator. I know, but it has nothing to do. Right, but it has nothing to do with whether or not people Movie's like bad. it or idiots. It's just that idiots happen to like it. Non-idiots can like it as well. It's just does it have lower common denominator appeal? Right. That's what I mean when I'm sort of making fun of the cinema score. Uh, Sometimes uh, idiots are right. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I, I completely agree with idiots on a lot of things. Yeah, I do too. I have no compunction about that. I'll totally give them Fast and the Furious. Right. Yeah. So you guys, so I just, just want to make sure you're not. Yeah, that's not what that means at all. No, it, it, it just it happens to correspond with the last two weeks. Right. So, um, but as far as this is concerned, um, I like. I, I kind of like where this kind of fits in as far as a spectrum of where it fits on the silliness scale, because I agree with you guys on some of the writing. I agree with you guys on the humor factor. And I even kind of agree with you on where, um, where Benedict Cumberbatch kind of works, uh, which is weird for me because I like the way that he um, grows into the role. And that doesn't make sense because of the way movies are shot and edited. Um, but it feels like as you're watching the movie that not only is the character becoming an actual thing, uh, but it feels like Benedict Cumberbatch is getting more comfortable with being able to handle the character, which doesn't make any sense, again, based on the way a movie is edited. It's not shot in sequence, um, but it it kind of kind of feels that way. Uh, to me, um, I especially really, really like the way the movie ends. So uh, I, I actually kind of like this thing. What's the ending part you like? All right, this is what I like about the ending. Um, so many of these movies, and I've had this, uh, I've had this complaint about many, many different movies that introduce a character who's super smart, um, who has a certain set of skills. Uh, and then what they ha- what they end up doing at the end of the movie, whether it be a superhero movie or an action movie, uh, is that it, it, this particular the protagonist just can punch out the antagonist. We're just going to end up punching each other, and we're just in the, and the protagonist can just punch harder than the antagonist, and and it's just punch, 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 punch. And one of the things I loved about this movie, and kind of the ending, won me over a little bit, was that this movie isn't. Um, we're just going to punch each other out. Th- this is not an ending about punching. That whole thing, and as funny as your whole 
uh, as, as your uh, synopsis was, um, it's, it's about negotiation. It's, it's him like, yeah, I'll take as much pain as you want to give me. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do this for all time. I'll, I'll keep doing this and you're just going to keep losing and this is going to be weird. I, I, I don't know the comics, Kelly, so I can't say how this is. That's from the comics, and I think he even goes back to the beginning of the universe, and like he spent, it's like Groundhog Day, and he spends like billions of years. Boring. Well, that's what it felt like. It felt like yeah, Groundhog yeah, Day, yeah. and I didn't know how it was any different than and it's good. Josh Brolin character in Guardians. Is it Thanos or Thanatos? I can't remember his name. Uh, I think it's Thanos. Or the, or, yeah, I don't know. You might be right. You know, this whoever sense. eats planets to, uh, or whoever eats plants for the silver. They all do. It, it yeah. seemed like any of, any of those kinds of characters. But I loved how uh, the ending of the movie wasn't. I'm just going to be able to punch harder than everybody else. I'm. It, it was just like, yeah, I'll put up with as much pain as I have to because I know you're going to fail eventually. Or like you said, this is the this is the best way of boring. <laughs> boring a villain into sub- submission than I can think of, um, which yeah. doesn't bore me. I mean, th- there there's so much the way that is edited, that, the way that whole sequence is edited. I I actually kind of loved that because I don't want to see another thing where a guy is supposed to be super smart and have all of these skills, and and then he or she is just reduced to punching somebody because he doesn't have like those in skills. Star Trek. Yeah, he doesn't have the skills of punching people, but he has these other skills. That he can, that he That's can fire. It's yeah, it does and make I, him unusual. I like that as an ending, and I like. And that he runs he away back, a lot. He comes back to Earth, and he just dispatches those. He he dispatches General Zod and his minions, and says, "All right, you guys go off into the dimension. I've already taken care of this. I don't have to punch you guys anymore." And I, I like that, like. Re, re, like the his reversing time spell. I like the way he he kind of grows into what he's learning, um, and I like the feeling that Benedict Cumberbatch is kind of growing into the part. I think I don't know. Somehow in the comics, I mean, his personality is just not that fleshed out. But the fact that he's one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel universe makes him intriguing to me. But in the movie, when you condense it and you show his arc as being – he's learning selflessness. Um, what? what do you mean? Well, he's like taking the punch at the end with Dormammu. Uh, I see what you Instead mean. Instead of it being all about him, like now he's learned to like sacrifice oh. his life for a greater good, even though he's not really sacrificing anything. That's the thing. He never pays a price. He's just – he's miraculously good at – Everything. That's one of the things that I was disappointed at in this thing that Dingus is talking about, which I really admire the idea that there's a cosmic horror bearing down on you and that you can't beat it with force so that he's got to basically suffer an eternity of torment and death. And the movie plays it like a light little joke. Like it, it was, it was edited like to be funny, and I, you know, it, again, I'm, this isn't for me. This isn't a movie that anybody made for me to enjoy. But I, this idea of cosmic horror and superheroes facing cosmic horror, which I kind of thought that's what Doctor Strange was going to be more about. By the way, yeah, it's because yeah, it comes from from drug culture, and it's supposed to be mm-hmm. a trippy, mind blowing kind of thing. Right. The fact that that they and they know that because they show Stan Lee reading all this yeah. I mean, they know what they're drawing from, but that's not what they were doing they were making an ant-man joke about an an ant-man by the way like i can't like that's the incredible shrinking man that that idea i think that weird cosmic twist in ant-man worked even a little better for me this idea yeah and it was trippier yeah uh and and this what do you mean the ant-man joke 
not, not even a joke. It's where he, he basically gets so small and submolecular and gets lost in this other dimension. Like he, th- that's how he gets out of the ending. I don't even remember the particulars. Oh, that's, I'm, I love that you bring that up because when that happened, my son leaned over to me and said, this is like when he goes subatomic and ends. Right, right, subatomic. And, and that, that, that gets at this, this cosmic horror, actually at horror from The Incredible Shrinking Man, You know that, that, that classic black and white uh, movie, which is I think – isn't that Richard Matheson? Based on Richard Matheson. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's kind of like cosmic horror is what if you get so small you're subatomic. And this also, that there's this cosmic horror bearing down on the earth, and the way that you defeat it is by enduring an eternity over and over and over of deaths that you remember, that you're mm-hmm. conscious of. Yeah. And how does that not drive you mad? And right. instead, the, it plays it like a joke because it's not that kind of movie. That's not the way it right. wants to play it. It wants this to be a lighthearted, wisecracking, Tony Stark kind of character. Uh, right. And I'm watching this thinking, wow, in, in the script, like that that would have been a cool angle, and I wonder if the comic book played with it that way. Um, so, but yeah, it, and, and do, you, do you know who wrote this? And I have to like I I had reservations going in about this, but I was willing to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Like, do you know what John Spates is from? Uh, he he did Prometheus. Yeah, yeah, with Damon. Oh, fuck. but I, I keep not wanting to think about that, that because he also did Passengers, and I have great hopes for. Passengers. Yeah, that's the thing is I'm worried about Passengers now. But before Prometheus, his that Darkest Hour, uh, it's this weird alien invasion thing where they. What's Darkest they, Hour? Is that a Stephen King? Thing? No, good lord, no. It's a, it's a, it's something shot on the cheap in, in, I think it was shot in Eastern Europe, so they set it yeah. in Moscow. It's teenagers in Moscow during an alien invasion where the aliens, uh, I think like feed on light. Like it plunges the world into darkness, but it's teenagers against aliens. Oh, it's, yeah. it's almost like young adult horror. Uh, and it's, it's not very good. It's an intriguing premise. Uh, but so I was I was thinking, okay, maybe there was some promise in Darkest Hour that didn't get realized. Prometheus, who knows what happens there? Uh, I just am not impressed with the the writing in this, and I think that John Spates is just yeah. not any good. Which I, I'm he's definitely not good at jokes. I, I mean, there's like the humor. Say that, but but again, maybe my hope here is that this was such this was Marvel. Like when Dingus talks about it being a franchise, it. It is like – and we've talked before. TV is run very differently from movies in terms of what kind of input the director of a TV show has versus the writers and the showrunner. And I think that's what we're parting, starting to see with Marvel. Uh, sometimes yeah. it works, and I think sometimes it doesn't. And regardless, it does lead to a certain consistency of of, of product or tone yeah. or storytelling. Yeah. Um, so again, maybe John Spates is really good, and we just haven't seen that yet. And Passengers is going to be an awesome, cool, intimate look at sci-fi with two very charismatic actors. I've still got my fingers a little bit crossed, but this kind of, for me, just really makes me worry about anything John Spates is involved in. Because uh, he's it, not good with experimental concepts. Like he's not very experimental, and and I guess for me it's a little bit foolish too for me to hope that this was going to be a a, a shift in tone and that it was going to somehow tap yeah. into what was trippy and drug culturey about Doctor Strange because mm-hmm. even those early bits were told as Swinton is demonstrating stuff to him that just felt to me like kind of watered down Matrix bits with slight tendencies of two thousand and one special effects. Uh, like that, like that stuff. In the building, crazy, mind blowing stuff. The right, felt so like it was pretty. But how do you not like that riffs so directly on Inception? Yes. I know. I don't necessarily mind, but I kind of felt a little reluctant uh, giving it too much credit because 
I mean, I don't, and I'm not even entirely sure what it was representing. Like in, in I don't Inception, either. The mirror world. Well, Inception, we clearly know this is a dream world, and sure, dreams about buildings folding in on themselves—that's freaky. I wasn't sure what was going on here, and people in the city didn't see it, but the rules were. Yeah, I, I like had no yeah, idea about it. the rules, and and that's also why I was a little bit uh, unimpressed with the ending, with this idea that. Okay, so you can rewind time, and they've had that there all along. Why didn't someone else you figure? Use it. Yeah, like why? Why did only he just now figure this out when supposedly for you know thousands of years these brilliant monks have been guarding this knowledge and they know what's in the books? How does this one giant yeah. come lately kind of figure out? Because he's white. It's not just that. It's he and has. Tall. This, I mean, she she kind of speaks to that when she talks about um, is it Mor- Mordo? What's his name? Mordor's Chiwetel. Chiwetel Ejiofor's character, Mordor. I I couldn't remember Mordo. his name. Mordo. Yeah, it's just Mordo because I. Baron Mordo. She talks about, but she talks about their different personalities. She, she talks about the fact that that he's rigid. he's so rigid, and that uh, and that um, Mister Doctor Strange has a different personality, and I think she's trying to put together um, as well as she can puzzle pieces that are going to solve this thing. It's not like, well, I can just plug anything in and be able to, to solve this, but it has to be this whole thing that happens. I think that's what she's going for. As far as the, the CG, I mean, uh, Chris Markinson definitely, I mean, Chris Markinson likes liked, um, one of our listeners who wrote in, Chris Markinson, um, liked the movie, I think, more than you guys did, about as much as I did, uh, but he's he definitely agrees with, with you, Tom, uh, about this like Inception thing that works early that immediately like oh yeah I immediately thought of Inception but what did they do with it and and but, but when we first saw that first battle by the way it looked to me like like just some of the uh, uh, whatever uh, Mads Mikkelsen's disciples were getting crushed and ground up in the in the right the and I was like oh cool so this is really happening like this right. is stuff that's actually physically happening and you know people will get rend up to be and, and crushed in this that's kind of awesome and I don't think that really went anywhere um, but i don't i but as 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 you said i, I kind of felt overwhelmed by that especially in the the uh the chase sequence that winds up with um the uh the mescaline aldous huxley book I, I can't forget what it's called um uh, I, I got overwhelmed by the that whole cg thing because i didn't understand as you said what are the rules what, what's happening in the real world as they do that is anything is why it, do they even fight there? An illusion they're sorcerers yeah 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 uh, why would they just fight in public well and it's that- the idea that yeah again and i wasn't i think this idea about a mirror dimension was supposed to kind of explain it for us but yeah. They can turn back time, but they have a special dimension they fist fight in. Well, I mean, part of that is, I mean, one of the things I did really appreciate about this movie, again, is is the way they explain, and, and I feel like movies are doing this increasingly, for me, why the Avengers aren't getting involved. Like, the Avengers deal with a physical reality, and we deal with another reality. And I actually and, loved that, by the way. Yeah. I, I thought that was cool, and that, again, made me think, yeah, let's have a different kind of tone. I mean, why are right. we, why is everything very much like... Uh, you know, an X-Man or an Avenger. But this is someone the Avengers would fight. He's like, It's like the New York thing. So I actually know who Dormammu is from a game called Marvel vs. Capcom, where <laughs> one of the characters you can be, you know, you can be like Captain America, you can be Spider-Man, you can be Jean Grey, you can be Dormammu. Dormammu is Ghost Rider. He's a dude with a flamey head. 
That's uh, and he's normal size. Now I don't know what he is in the comics, but when I played as him in Marvel vs. Capcom, he was just a dude with a burning head. So mm. there you What's go. Her, what are his powers? Uh, Not being able to undo time loops. Yeah, punching. Punching. Punching and kicking, just like everybody else's powers in Marvel vs. Capcom. It's a fighting game. It's like a Mortal Kombat thing. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's fine. Uh, how do you guys feel about Tilda Swinton being white? I didn't know there was an. Is there supposed to be some sort of? Is there? Is that a problem? I kind of like. I see what they Wait, were is, thinking. Um, the is that a problem from the well, original? She's, she's Asian. Yeah, the, the the ancient one is an Asian dude, right? An Asian old dude, but we've seen that a million times. So they go, "Hey, let's spice it up." But it also and let's does, even make a joke about it, by the way. Yeah, but it does seem like a like an ironic choice if what you're doing is showing how, like, because all the ethnicities are scrambled anyway. But she's so good. I mean, she's so good. I mean, eh, you know, it's a, I think it's she's a, really good in the part. I mean, it's it's it it doesn't seem to be. And you already brought up Constantine. It doesn't seem to be that much different from what the thing she's doing in Constantine. But I think she's so good in this. Uh, the one that that struck me more than because I had no idea if Tilda Swinton. I mean, the, the ancient one was supposed to be white or black or Asian. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So. And it was only read about it after the fact. But the one thing that I did notice is. There's a long history of people going to Tibet for enlightenment. You know, it's where the the Buddhist pope, you know, the Dalai Lama, is basically from Tibet. So that's the thing: is you go to Tibet to seek enlightenment, and that is obviously, I, I presume, what the Doctor Strange comics were about. Mm-hmm. Is he goes to Tibet, he gets enlightenment. This is not Tibet. This is Nepal, and it is because they did not want to offend China. They because because Tibet is is basically a protectorate of China. Like there's been there's been a struggle over Tibet's status, and Tibet is basically a province of China. China owns Tibet, and Disney slash Marvel was afraid of what this would do to showing the movie in China. So they changed it from Tibet to Nepal. Now maybe I missed something, but I have never heard of anyone going to Nepal for enlightenment. Like that is not where. The Dalai Lama is from. I don't know. Maybe there is enlightenment in Nepal. I don't know. But Cartage is fictional anyway. The way Black well, Panther. Where's Ra's al Ghul from? Because that, my under is Batman Begins, actually. Oh, mine is Batman is uh, Dark Knight Rises. That's weird. Under uh, Batman Begins. Yeah, where's Ra's al Ghul? Because my, my thing was like we're going somewhere for enlightenment kind of things. Is he not from? T- from Tibet, I don't, I don't know. Where I thought from. it was kind of that. It DC was... has the weird geography because Metropolis and Gotham isn't it like Tibet called? And and like, that definitely predated this idea that we need to make sure to get in the on the Chinese box office yeah, 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 too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Ra's al Ghul. I mean, we could Google. I, you know what the thing is? He's from Tibet. There. All right, that's fine. Sweet. I called it. I just always, I've always Based on Liam Neeson's accent. I've always hated the. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson will figure in later in this podcast, by the way. Uh-huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Your uh, name's not... Okay. My unders Dark Knight Rises simply because I didn't... I don't mind not really understanding or caring about a character who I've never heard of before, and that was Doctor Strange, so... But it, I, I like it a lot less when suddenly a character who I absolutely do care about and liked suddenly doesn't make any sense and I don't understand why things are going on and it's just nonsensical and, and I didn't think storytelling that was working for me. So my under was Dark Knight Rises. 
my over was Ant-Man because even though I wasn't into Ant-Man, at least I got what they were trying to do with Paul Rudd's character, and there was a consistent sense of humor about it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Ant-Man was very playful, uh, and it kind of – well, it, it, I can imagine it working more it, – it worked better for me than uh, whatever was going on in Doctor Strange. Uh, worked for me. Yeah, and I and I I get what you're saying because we uh, you know I watched um, Civil War again uh, with my kid this week just to kind of prepare for this, um, and uh, and seeing Paul Rudd do the things that he does in this, I kind of wanted to watch Ant Man again uh, for other reasons this week, but it, uh, something somebody said online made me want to watch Ant Man again, um, but again. Uh, I mean, Paul Rudd has much more facility with this type of humor than Benedict Cumberbatch necessarily does, and that's why I would put it on a spectrum. And um, one of the things that, again, that Chris Markinson said that I absolutely that I wrote down in my notes in the theater, and why it was a pleasure reading Chris Markinson's email, was that it that uh, he reminded him of um, of House. That's uh, I couldn't stop hearing Hugh Laurie's voice. Yeah. Even. Well, like, Hugh, Hugh Laurie doesn't does, does doesn't do that accent, so it's like it's it's as if you know you know Hugh Laurie had done an American accent and had I think I think Chris said something about you know he had bad hands instead of a bad leg. Wait, what? Because because Hugh Laurie had a bad leg in in, in all of House. Oh, I don't even actually I don't even know House. Like I think more of Hugh Laurie from Veep. Oh, right. that's the Hugh Laurie voice that I hear. I mean, I know oh. House he plays an asshole physician, but I think of Hugh Laurie's American accent as his character in Veep as the VP. Oh, I think of the from Veep. I just I just kept thinking of House when I was watching this. Right. Whenever Benedict Cumberbatch, I just I just thought Benedict Cumberbatch seen a bunch of episodes of House, and he just decided to sort of play off of that. Uh, and and when I got when I finally got everything together and I read the emails. Uh, when I saw that uh, Chris Markinson said House, I, I was so delighted. Is he British in House? He's he's a no, he's a British actor, but he plays him as an. I mean, he does an American accent. Oh, okay, that's right. Okay, right. So he basically sounds like he does in Veep, though. Or he's, right, he's yeah. an American in Veep as well. Okay, okay, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, how do we feel about our villain, Mads Mikkelsen? Uh, yeah, it's a thankless role. I mean, the only joke I well, I liked the Wi-Fi password seemed, joke, but the only joke I liked, and I was hoping we might get more of that, was the the uh, Mr. Doctor bit. Like I like Mad Mikkelsen uh, trying to be funny; it's kind of cute. Right. Yeah, uh, and I that didn't really go anywhere. I, I was hoping there would be more banter along those lines. Which again is another reason I liked Ant Man better, by the way, because Ant Man knew what it had with that. There's banter. good banter in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And the characters know each other, so they have a, an, a pre-existing relationship. So it doesn't even feel quite as much like an origin story. I don't know. It's just I don't mind connect- origin. You know I don't mind an origin story. You, if it's you guys always say that. I mean, I'm so glad you just said that, Tom, because Kelly Wan said that thing again that you guys sometimes say about. I hate. I'm hate. I hate origin stories. I hate them. I don't I love I, I hate story. the same I hate the same old origin story. Like I don't need it's the same thing. Like I don't need another Superman or Spider Man origin story unless <laughs> it's gonna do something different or new or unique. And I was hoping this would do something oh, different right. or new or unique, but it's Tony Stark. Rich guy gets injured and he's gotta find some way, but but instead of a Tony Stark technology solution, it's a karate kid solution. Uh, oh, that's a but well, he has to get actually. really good on the job instantly since it's it's a movie. So in the third act, he has to. But even in Iron Man, fought someone he knew. Jeff Bridges was like his friend or something. 
But I'm okay with origin oh, stories, by the way. Like, All right. Just, well, just I thought you guys were both good. against them because Kelly Wand has said many times, I hate origin stories. He's, he's been saying that a lot. Kelly Wand does hate origin stories. I will I will back you up on that, Dingus. Even if he denies it, I'll back you case. up. But you're and I kind of, right. Because watching Civil War again, watching Tom Holland do the origin story and how that is structured in that movie right. is fantastic. As opposed to Batman v Superman, where we have to watch the whole thing <laughs> again. Yeah, if I have to see Batman's parents get killed again, that's going to drive me nuts, absolutely. Uh, I felt really bad for Michael Stuhlbarg because he must have felt really – like he must have really been down on himself after letting Tilda Swinton die. Rachel is supposed to be a character known as the Night Nurse in the comics, and she's like the nurse who heals all the superheroes and stitches them up. But she's not really associated with Doctor Strange. (laughs) I couldn't decide if they were trying to say she was a nurse or another surgeon, and then somebody says she's over at the nurse station. Oh, I didn't – oh, I was assuming she was like a surgeon too. Yeah, I was too, and then they said she's over at the nurse's – Well, that doesn't mean she was necessarily a nurse. She could have been just talking to the nurse. She's firing somebody. <laughs> but boy, under you, failure on her part. So utility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. We have a we have a jerk friend who told us. Thing is, I don't know if this stood out for you. Who told us? Oh my God, Rachel Nichols, uh, like the the wart on the side of her face is enormous. Which it's not. It's no big deal. But now that he Nichols said that, I couldn't. McAdams. I couldn't help. Rachel, uh, Rachel McAdams. Sorry. What? Yeah. It's uh, not a wart. Whatever it is, like he he made some comment about it being huge, which is fine. It's whatever. I but love that thing. because he said that. I kept noticing it. So our friend Real Monroe sure. has a Cindy Crawford. They're moles. I, I'm fine I with it, right? But but he brought this up. He made me see it. This is amazing. What's he talking about? He's crazy. Yeah, she's she's fine. I I liked the Cloak of Levitation a lot. I think he should get a spinoff. Oh yeah, I wanted to hear what you guys have to say about that. Uh... I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm really. I'm actually really curious. And I asked my kid about that as well. I'm curious about what you guys have to say about the Cloak of Levitation, especially I... wiping up the tears moment. The wiping the tears moment was a classic example of this movie not being funny and not having not being well written as far as sense of humor. I could see what they were trying to do, but it didn't work. It was beep boo. That said, oh good lord! That said, I do feel that the the cloak of levitation had more personality than a lot of the characters. Ooh, oh snap! Uh, right, and more color. So is is the cloak of levitation a thing in the comics? Like it, it didn't even get a special somebody? name. He just wears it. But it, does it choose him? Because it chose him. I don't remember. But I know I he has the I eye. Like how it's like a pet. Um, like, uh, but like more of like a Dragon Riders of Pern kind of a pet. Like it chooses him and it goes with him, and then the two of them are so surprised. Oh, it chose you! Wow! Yeah. And it's like yeah. that guy's head against the floor for ten minutes. Everything's and, uh, just handed to him. Well, because he's he's like he's Neo. He's the one, you know. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> the thing, <laughs> even though it's in the comics too, I, don't know I think the best moment for the cloak of levitation is when Rachel McAdams is coming back in the room and she sees it hanging there, just I mean, just levitating there. And she's like, "Okay, well, okay, there's another thing that's happening." Great. He's supposed to be. This is why it bothers me because he's supposed to be the most powerful sorcerer, but but this is his. They own. just give him everything. He steals books. They give him. He just takes jewels. Like, is that? It's not because he's powerful. It's because he's entitled. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't supposed to take that amulet, was he? Yeah. No. He has to earn it. 
So if that's another Infinity Stone, what the hell? Okay, let's take a tally on the Infinity Stones. How many are there and who has them? What, what's the situation? Boy, so This is awesome because as we were leaving the theater after the credits, there's a group of like five people and and like a couple of women in the group. And one of the women was saying, okay, let's do it. She said basically what you just said, let's do a tally. Of the Infinity well, we got to keep track of these. We don't want Thanos getting his hands on them. Uh, Paul Bettany is one of them. Uh, Chris Pratt has one of them. Right? Wait, actually, what? Did they take it in Guardians of the Galaxy? I know they touched it. Is it theirs? Did they give it to the collector? What happened? Yeah, to the- she, they gave it to um, – no, they didn't give it to the collector. They gave it oh, to – Oh, close. Xandor. Oh. Jesus the, to Christ. the planet. They gave it to Glenn Close to – Yeah, yeah, okay, right, right, right. Uh, what's Michael Rooker's name? He's not Xandor? I thought you meant – Merle. No. <laughs> Kill you on. All right, Henry. So Glenn Close has one. Uh, Paul Bettany is one, has one, slash has right. one. Uh, uh, the Nile. Uh, where's the Loki one that he put in the the make your eyes turn black staff? Where did it that one into, end up? Oh wait, that's just... the one that turned into Paul Bettany, right? So and then now like Doctor Strange. Thing. So there's only three of them that are accounted for. I thought there were five that we've already accounted for. Shouldn't Is there it... be an infinity of them? Oh, Kelly, what? Wow. <laughs> the they're called that. There's five of them, one for each knuckle of the gauntlet that Thanos is going to make. Mm. I, uh, See, I know things about comic Speaking books. of punching. Yeah. See, I know things. So. Uh, Kelly Wan, you haven't said your oh, – well, Dingus, your uh, under was Batman Begins. What did you say your over was or did you? Uh, I did not yet, but before I do that, I, we also have another listener named Chris Webb who wrote in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just wants you guys to know that um, – uh, he, he he didn't. He's much more with you guys than he is with me. Uh, even though he's a Thor two apologist. Ew. Um, hmm. Uh, he said, as somebody who's tired of this universe, it was nice to see, nice to not see any of the regulars except Thor, which I welcomed. I must be an idiot, but I'd take Hemsworth as Thor over Cumberbatch as Strange any day. You know. I liked him in I liked Thor in the first one for some reason. When he they asked him where he got his training. I wish he still talked funny, like in the comics. Yeah. I guess the Australian accent does. What do you mean talk funny? funny. Thor he talks comics. like Doth and Doth and Doth. Yeah, exactly. He's like from a oh. Ren Fair. He's like a guy who just left a Ren Fair and is still in He talks like Jim Carrey at Medieval Times. <laughs> from a Ren Fair. Yeah. Alright, so my over would be G.I. Joe retaliation. Oh Dad Gummit. Dingus quit making me want to see that. Uh, because there's this great sort of in the mountains Asian, whether it be Himalayas or whatever, or Tibet, uh, fighting sequence that I think is that whole cliff fighting sequence where we go in to extract somebody. Uh, the reason I chose Batman against under is because I don't, I, I don't, I just don't really care for all that fighting with Razagul, but I, I like the way it goes in, um, Doctor Strange. I like, I like some of that astral projection stuff. I like some of the fighting training. I like some of the, uh, stuff with Tweedle Edgy 4 where he's, uh, showing him the new weapons and, and doing that weird CG where he jumps over his head. I, I, I like, I like that much more than I like Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. But I like the G.I. Joe retaliation clip stuff. We're going to extract you from some Tibetan, Himalayan, whatever, fortress. Kelly Wand, what are your overs and unders for Dr. My Strange? over is Constantine still. All right, very good. Of course, it hasn't changed, I see. <laughs> well, it's a DC movie over a Marvel movie. And then uh, my under is Green Lantern, because I went with another DC. But it's also... 
Green Lantern was another guy full of himself who gets superpowers stories. And it's all like magic. Like he's, he's, he can magically make whatever he wants. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. Right. I I thought of Green Lantern as I was watching this too, is every time they were making one of these, like, you can make a shield or you can make a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. It's just, um, they're trying to, uh, like, I see the corner they're in, but they always, they always go with a conventional. But I think you guys are right. It wasn't mystical and weird enough. No, it, I thought it was it's like I'm just going to make like some lines. Those spells, some weird lines. It was like a laser show. It's like, hey, it's CG laser show stuff. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, like mandalas, like it's so he can do an, a laser show mandala, and that's his spell. Uh, and if it's green, it turns back time, and if it's orange, it's a weapon. Even even uh, Mads Mikkelsen's weapons. Just like kind of an icicle spear, really? Yeah, he's just making little sp- – and they do the same thing every single time. They don't do anything mind-bending. Like nobody's going to make a dragon or nobody's going to like try to snap your brain from inside your head. I mean, I mean that's, that's I think what we're, we're supposed to get from the Folding City stuff. Is that supposed to be no. like, mind-bending? I don't know. Uh, yeah. No. Right. But But that's no better than – I mean Inception does it better. I mean, and Inception, at least, I know you guys didn't like Inception as much as I did, but at least you feel a sense of a solidity to the world. And this just feels slippery and weird, but not weird enough. I did like the doors to other areas in the world with a channel. Like, I guess that could be in a Harry Potter movie, though. But I like this idea that he's throwing them out the door and then closing it and changing the channel. And that somewhere out in the world, in the middle of the desert, there's some poor disciple. Like in the middle of Abu Dhabi or something, and she has no idea like how to get out, and right. she's just stuck there. And he like, also makes a lot of Ron Weasley faces, which maybe is just because they're both redheads. Or... <laughs> and the cover patch makes Ron. <laughs> yeah, faces. he's running away a lot in this Kelly movie, Wan, you, and he's looking you, panicky. You like, just, <laughs> Kelly Wan, you just made Rupert Grimp's day. Hey, um, Rachel McAdams's mole makes part of me levitate. One, two, three, La. 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 God. <laughs> so I had a celebrity sighting when I went to see Doctor Strange. Ooh. Uh, actually, I don't what know if it, I saw it. You think my celebrity sighting was Jeff? Oh, uh, that's what um, uh, uh, Scott Derrickson did. The the Day the Earth Stood Still remake with Jaden uh, Smith. Oh, I loathe that movie. What really? Yep, that's that's another. It's a, a Keanu Reeves movie. That's that's another one of Scott Derrickson's early credits. Yeah, that was Warner Brothers too. So he shifted. Yeah. So I'm I'm in the restroom at the ArcLight Theater where I went to see this. Uh, I did a double feature. I saw the Jeff Nichols movie beforehand, and then I saw. Doctor Strange. So between the two, and I, I wished I'd asked this guy if he was just coming out of what I had seen or if he was going into what I was about to see. I want to know what he was seeing there. But as I'm walking out of the restroom, it's that thing where as you're walking out and you're pushing the door, there's someone who's opening the door and you're both trying to get through the same door. But the sort of universal law in that situation is the person making egress has right away over the person making yeah. ingress. So, so I get his stuff. Well, he's, he has more room to maneuver, too. Like, I'm in a restroom. He's out there. Uh, 
So I open the door and, and uh, Joss Whedon is standing there and he just sort of steps oh. out of my way and I go past him. And I say, I really wanted to ask him what he saw. Like was he was he boning up on his Marvel homework? Had he gone and seen Loving, the, the Jeff Nichols movie? Uh, was he there for that thing? There's something called Moonlight I really want to see. Um, but I didn't ask him because I, I – You want to be that guy. How did I'll you do- recognize Joss Whedon? Yeah, really. Uh, I've actually worked with Joss Whedon. Oh, that's right. You guys worked together. Uh, no, I wouldn't say I've worked with him, but I just I know what he looks like. And that's another thing that I later thought is I don't. He probably doesn't get recognized, so he might not have minded if I came up to him and said, uh, "Excuse me, sir, do you mind if I ask what movie you just saw and what you thought of it?" Uh, but I didn't do that. And then not thing. and then not recognize that it's Joss Whedon, just like you're asking a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And then you say, and then go to the next person. Thank you, Mr. Abrams. Yeah, doing a man on the street. Yeah. Oh, dingus. Oh, sick. I, I loved your Prometheus script, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and the so remaining. It's funny that you brought up Moonlight because I hadn't heard of it before because in Chris uh, Markinson's email, he said he asked if we've seen Moonlight because it seems to be doing really well at the box office and it's an A24 and I didn't know that. Yeah, I. Uh, it was either that or Loving I was going to go see and I went to Loving instead. Just I saw the Bruce Willis one. Is Moonlight made by somebody we know? No, no, it's a. I think it did it come out through Sundance, but no, it's a. I think a first time filmmaker. Uh, I don't. Sundance. I don't. Even, there's no actors in it. We even know. All right. All right. Not even the same moon. Let's talk about movies where a character has your name and makes it kind of. Weird. Uh, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, this was amazing. I love this topic. Come on, how many movies have somebody named Kelly? I mean, it's got to be easy. None. Well, we're gonna find through. Um, raged. My name's Tom. I can pick anything. <laughs> Every movie has a Tom in it. Kelly Wand, is it your three by three next week? No, it's Dingus's three yeah, by three next week. Fine. Oh, it is yours next Kelly's. week. So Kelly Wand, start us off. Given what's the third of the many examples of movies where someone's named Kelly? So it's weird because dudes and chicks can have that name. Kelly's your oh. thing. That's I'm glad you mentioned that because that is a theme of my list. Okay. I was not at peace with my name when I was young. <laughs> it was a girl's name. So uh, when Bad News Bears came out in 1976, and uh, what's his name, Rorschach, Jackie O'Haley, was Kelly Leak. He was like the he was like a, the badass motorcyclist. So I had a masculine Kelly, and it was like, see, we can be tough jocks too. And also, I pee a lot. And his name was Kelly Leak. I see. So, Interesting. That's <laughs> all. Yep. That's presaging. So in Bad News Bears, they wanted to make a character who was tough, and they gave the character the name Kelly? Kelly Leak. Yeah. Ew. That's and all the other kids would say that name with reference. Like, oh, fuck, it's Kelly Leak. Oh, I see. So that must have been cool for that's you to hear. Yeah. Well, who played that part? Jack Earl Haley. A guy named Jackie. Oh. Yeah, I know. So well, he's perfect. Wayne's name was Marion. So. Whose name was Marion? John Wayne. His first name was Marion. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, in real life. Mom, but, that yeah. was my mom's name, too. How long did that last for John Wayne? You notice he didn't re- really run with that. No. Dingus, He's, this has got to be difficult. There aren't many movies with characters named Dingus. So what's uh, – maybe maybe you went with Merlinsky. Maybe they had your last name. Uh, what is an example of – a movie that's weird because one of the characters has your name. Well, I could have easily found two name two movies with that particular nickname, but I went with another movie with a different nickname. I got. Mm-hmm. There's two um, dinguses. 
Yeah, there's at least two. There's at least two movies with uh, the nickname Dingus in it. Wow, I know, hard to believe, huh? Hmm. Um, so instead, I went with a movie. Here's a uh, here's a quote from it. I hope to never see Fletcher Christian again, unless it is to see him hanged. Oh, that's his last name. Yeah, it doesn't count. Pulling <laughs> you over. So yeah. this is. This is the movie The Bounty. Um, I'm going with The Bounty rather than uh, Mutiny and the Bounty uh, because uh, there's a specific reason why I'm going with this, and and I'm I'm really going with you know Tom's uh, Tom's point of this was uh, I think as you said Tom why it distracts you or um, uh, impedes your watching of the movie I forget how, how exactly you put it just makes it weird. It makes it weird for you watching the movie. Uh, so The Bounty came out in 1984. Uh, I had I did not see it in 1984. I did not see it for a, a few years after that, actually. Um, but uh, I had moved to uh, from Colorado to Virginia over that uh, span of time, from 83 to 84. And um, I, I got involved with uh, this uh, Baptist youth group, uh, because my my folks were in a Baptist church, and so I was uh, I was a kid in a Baptist youth group, and the guy who was the pastor, the youth pastor for that that group was the older brother of a guy who was my very good friend. Um, but he, but they were both really cool guys. It it was kind of that thing where you know you're you're I was a I was an awkward kid going to a much bigger school, you know totally different state um super awkward but uh but this friend of mine um his name's danny reagan uh took me under his wing and he's like yeah i'll you know i'll you know i like you let's let's do these things we're gonna go out for uh we're gonna go out to the youth group things and his older brother keith was the leader of this youth group and when he met me um he's like oh your name's christian all right like fletcher christian in mutiny on the bounty all right, we're going to call you Fletch from now on. We're going to call you Fletcher all the time. And so it was a totally inappropriate nickname for me. Uh, Fletcher is, is like a guy who like plays baseball and hits home runs all the time and is super cool. And I was just such a dork. He makes arrows. Um, he makes arrows. He does all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, and I was just not that guy. But I think this, this youth minister was trying to make me feel better about becoming part of this group and so for years my weird nickname was Fletch and was Fletcher in this group because of the movie uh, Mutiny and the Bounty because for whatever reason it just triggered this guy's brain to say your name's Christian alright you're Fletcher Christian uh, okay but had he seen Fletch the movie? no he or just was, he was just relating it to Fletcher Christian from Mutiny and the Bounty and uh, when I Eventually, a couple years later, saw the bounty, and there's that early, there's a early scene where um, where Anthony Hopkins sits down with Mel Gibson, and he and and they're talking to each other on first name terms when he's trying to get him to come on board the bounty for this trip around the Horn to go get breadfruit. He keeps calling him Fletcher, Fletcher, Fletcher. And seeing that for the first time, I'm like, man, this is so weird hearing this. And then later, as the movie goes on. The other crew members, and 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 of course he eventually calls him, you know, Mister Christian, Mister Christian, Mister Christian. So it, the movie was, it just 
was kind of overwhelming to me hearing both of these things going on at the same time. So it was entirely distracting for me. And that's why I picked it because of the way Tom couched the topic. Dingus, you may kiss the gunner's daughter. I am in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I like yours better, Kelly Wan. Uh, when I was a kid, I, I went by Tommy instead of Tom for the longest time. Jesus. And then when the movie Tommy came out about a weird blind kid who plays pinball and it had a soundtrack by The Who, who I've never liked, I <laughs> yeah, teased I like mercilessly. Uh, and I, I, I've never seen Tommy. I think it's a, is it Ken Russell? And Margaret's in Baked Beans in a. What do you mean she's in baked beans? She like wallows around in beans. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds gross. You said like on a bed, right? Uh, I kind of like it. Baked beans, yeah. not sexy. There's nothing sexy about rolling in baked beans. But it's really? Aunt Margaret. Like, 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 are they like still hard baked beans? Like, is it like a like would be no, a bean bag or? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, those are. Doesn't uh, much. So, and, and isn't Roger Daltrey like the lead actor in Tommy? It's Oliver Reed. Oh. That's who you got mixed up with, Roger Daltrey. So oh, it is Ken Russell. And Roger, Roger, Roger Donaldson directed the bounty, by the way. Right. Are you saying Roger See? Daltrey made me think of So that. they could play this game. Because huh. there's right. two Rogers. Do you like uh, that movie? Me? No, Tom. I've never seen it. Why would I see he it? He hasn't seen it, but he loves it. Yeah. I, no, I hate it. I hate the fact that it's, it's, it's a guy named Tommy. Who's named it's Tommy? It's Ken Russell. It's, it's not Ken Russell, or it is Ken Russell? No, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Tommy? Tommy Boy is named Tommy. That's what I thought you'd say. Oh, but that's the thing. Is it's a, like it's a, it's, a, it's a doofus name, Tommy. Yeah, right. Tommy Chong. Chris Tommy Farley. Lee Jones. Perfect for for Chris Farley. Um, but yeah. Some and and why would you if you're deaf? Why would you play pinball and blind? That makes no sense whatsoever. How can someone who's deaf, blind, and dumb play pinball? I don't understand it. Well, he's not dumb. It did. It, uh, that deaf, dumb, and blind kid sure plays a mean pinball. Of course, he's dumb. Oh. Uh... See? See, Kelly Wand? You've just been refuted by the who. I refute your bluff. Kelly Wand, what is a second place example of a movie where it's weird because someone is named Kelly or Wand or Kelly Wand? Oh, all right. These get dumber. <laughs> Do they get deafer and blinder? <laughs> I enjoy you. My number two is... Uh, Denise Richards' character in Wild Things. <laughs> I love uh, I love that. Now you're making it weird for me to watch Wild Things. <laughs> She's, she plays somebody named Christmas. She – no, that's Chrissy Snow. She oh, plays uh, – oh, Christmas Jones. I see what you're doing there. Uh, Denise Richards plays Kelly Van Ryan. She's like <laughs> the uh, titled rich heiress girl. So she could theoretically have all dudes' names. Right. Including Van, and right. so my brother's name is Ryan. Who? Yeah. <laughs> wow. My car family. looks like Matt Dillon's. Yeah, my car looks like Matt Dillon's car in that movie before Denise Richards and her friend wash it. And <laughs> I too am part of a beloved internet threesome. Let's see, wait, what beloved internet threesome are you a part of? Us, fucker. Oh, <laughs> you you made it sound dirty. You had me thinking of Denise Richards watching washing a car. No, I'm the Denise, and Dingus is obviously Nave, and you're Matt Dillon. No offense, Dingus. No, no worries. Who's the car? Actually, maybe Dingus is Matt Dillon. <laughs> uh, right. Mole. Kelly Van Ryan. Yeah, Kelly Van Ryan from Wild Things. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right, right. Of course. She shows him. 
She wouldn't show him for Starship Troopers, and then Nev she makes Campbell doesn't wild do things right after. Is Nev Campbell doesn't do nudity in, in Wild That's Things. That's fine. No, she doesn't do much of anything. Well, it's kind of it's odd just, that here's these like two hot chicks seducing a dude, and only one of them uh, has nudity in her contract. Well, right? at least Kevin Bacon doesn't do nudity in it. Is he in it? No. Oh, yeah. He, oh, shows right, his, right, right. he shows his dick in it. Oh, he does? Ew. Yeah, he does. Ew. It. It's not that impressive. But <laughs> it's no Shia LaBeouf wang. It, and Bill Murray's in it, too. It's it's, it's actually a really good movie for wait, the first half. I thought, Bill Murray. A, I thought it was a Fassbender situation with his dick. No, he's not peeing. Bill Murray's in Wild Things. Did you know that, Dingus, that Bill Murray's in Wild Things? I he's really funny in it. No, I think Kelly just thinks every pool has... What? You guys, have you seen Wild Things? <laughs> not in, in a while. Uh, yeah. Not in a while, Things? Yeah. Um, it starts out good. It jumps the shark once Denise get, or is out of the movie. It kind of goes downhill. I'm Stop clear, I, know, I do know the scene, though, from Wild Things. But then in the credits, there's like little reveals that you go, oh, and there's like a good one with Nathan. Interesting. She okay. pulls out her teeth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ew. It's Dingus, gross. Get us out of this gross talk. What's an example of a movie that's weird because someone is named Dingus or Christian or Patrick or Merlinsky? All right. Here's a quote from it. But do you think that Glenn and Shasta were F-U-C-K-I-N-G-ing? Uh, uh, is that, wait, is that so? It's got is it inherent vice? Because it's the only movie I can think of where someone's named Shasta. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Shasta. inherent vice. Sweet, uh, I win. I win this topic. Yeah. So wait, I, wait. who's named Dingus in in Inherent Vice? It's Lieutenant Detective Dingus F. Bigfoot Bjornson. It's not Dingus X. No, it's Lieutenant Detective Christian X. Oh, oh. But in Bjornsson. Right, right. And that's Josh Brolin's character. And I love, I, I really love the way, and it's kind of a joy to watch this movie again and, and really kind of delve into how weird the narration and the choice of the narration is in this movie, is making like a character part of the narration. Um, and, and you have that moment where, uh, uh, after he's gone to the, um, weird brothel trailer and then wakes up next to the dead dude and he wakes up and there's all those cop cars and Josh Brolin is walking like so angrily toward him. And then you get that, that wonderful voiceover that is describing who this detective is and all the, his, you know, he's, he's a member of SAG and all of his civil rights value, um, his violations. But, but I remember seeing it the first time and hearing, uh, that voiceover describe him as Lieutenant Detective Christian F. Bigfoot, um, Bjornson as well. Uh, and then just a little bit later than that, you see like, uh, this, um, this, this TV capture on a, on an old TV screen and you see it saying that you see his name, Christian there, right there as he's, as he's like giving an interview for one of these TV news spots. Um, but uh, you know, you don't hear him very much say it, but he's such a vile creature and that whole pancake thing. And, and for me, it was weird, you know, watching him. And I, I, I always feel weird when I hear my name, uh, even when it's said to me, because I just don't register with my name for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, I really like, I actually, as weird as this sounds, uh, I prefer the nickname Dingus to my name sometimes. Um, 
uh, my my girlfriend sometimes just calls me Moroski just to be like uh, cool and familiar in her way. Um, uh, I, you know, my kid calling me dad, I prefer to hear that. But it would be weird if your kid called you Christian. It would be very weird. But it, it I don't know what it is. It's just um, it's a it's a weird thing I have with my name. Uh, in normal situations, when I hear somebody say my name, it's just. I always have this weird little trip in my head where I'm like, is that my name? Um, but when I hear it in a movie, I, I immediately sort of sit up and go, it, it, it takes me out of the movie for a second. So in Inherent Vice, which is a movie I absolutely love, uh, when we find out that Josh Brolin's character is named Christian, as one of his many names, Christian F. Bigfoot Bjornsson, uh, it was kind of jarring for me. The thing is, Josh Brolin doesn't look like any one of those. Arguably, maybe Bigfoot, but he doesn't look like he's named Christian and certainly not Bjornsson. Yeah. Uh, what was the other name in there? Bigfoot. F. It's, it's, it's oh, Lieutenant. He doesn't look like his name Christian F. F. Yeah. Who knows what yeah. the F is. Yeah. Um, but I, I just remember sitting there in that movie and going, wait, what? And sitting up. And then when you, when you look through, like, uh, the character stuff, yeah, that's his name in, in the movie, but I think it's only said a couple of times, and then you see it on that that picture on the television screen, yeah. uh, which I really kind of like. We could Although it, is, it does you, make watching the movie weird for me. We could start calling you Bigfoot, if you like. Yeah, I don't have that big it's of a face. Mr. Dr. Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, do you guys know Will Patton's name in Armageddon? No. Because I love this. Uh, I love Armageddon, of course. Everything about Armageddon is pretty awesome except the fact that Ben Affleck is in it. But otherwise, it clocks pretty much at 100%. Um, one of the cool things about Armageddon is that Will Patton's character is named Chick. And now I know uh, no. there's like a jazz musician named like Chickoria, but I don't really hear Chick as a first name, and I'm sure there are examples of it. But I love Will Patton. I love Will Patton, first of all, and I like that he's a sympathetic character in this, and there's this whole tearjerker subplot where his wife won't, doesn't want him around, and he really is longing for his son, and, and in the end, they see that he saved the Earth from an asteroid the size of Texas, and you know now he's back in with his family, and it's heartwarming. And, just, and he's also like Bruce Willis's right-hand man. He's like reliable, right-hand, steady partner guy. Uh, you know, all these other band of rogues that are with him, they're fun-loving and stuff. But the one he really trusts is his buddy Chick, played by Will Patton, with that weird grin that Will Patton has. Uh, so I love me some Will Patton, and if you want to name him Chick, that's fine with me. Because otherwise, good lord, growing up with the name Chick, I mean, it took Armageddon long enough to come around and finally make Chick a decent name. But I'll take what I can get. Hmm. So you, were you persecuted as a child? Oh, you have no time. idea. Yeah, I know, right? Kids are dicks. I was too. My name is spelled like a girl's name. I don't even want to hear it from you guys, please. You guys had it you so think you easy. had it worse than Kelly? Chick? Yes, I think I had it worth, worse than Kelly. Way worse. But, you know, but, like People wouldn't call you Chick. Like You wouldn't hear your last name as often as I heard Kelly. Like Everyone would have to say mm-hmm. Kelly. But there are dudes named me. Kelly. There are no dudes named Christine. And teachers would call me Christine at the first day of school because because my mom spelled it I E N instead of I A N. So I would have teachers say, "Is Christine here?" And I'd be like, "It's Christian." And and for the What's rest, with the E, I don't get the I, E either. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Kelly Wand, uh, for for a while, Dingus's nickname was Amanpour because there's that CNN correspondent Christian Amanpour. 
Uh, that actually stuck for quite some time until Dingus came along, and that, for whatever reason, that took precedence. Now he loves Dingus. <laughs> yeah, I much prefer that to my own name, actually, weirdly enough. Uh, All right, Kelly Wan, what's the worst example, or the weirdest example, of a movie where a character has your name? <sighs> okay, so my middle name is Christian. Right, we know, yeah, it's weird. Wait, what? Yeah. It's Kelly Christian Wand. So when we saw Fifty Shades of Grey, you're going to take one of mine. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? Wait, really? Because you're in mine. No, No, come on. Oh, oh, rats. That would have been great. Because it's weird we both have the name Christian. And we had to see Fifty Shades of Grey. Wait, is that that really your number one? No. Oh, all right. It's changing because you picked it. Because here's the thing. Okay. No, mine's Christian far Grey. more embarrassing. Mine's going to get me thrown in jail, I'm afraid. All right. Okay, well, this is what you're up against. Christian Gray, it's the same number of syllables as my name. <laughs> it's the same first name as you. It's the same middle name as me. E.L. James's real last name is Mitchell, which is the same letter names as Miroski. E and L are almost the first two letters in Kelly. <laughs> the girl in Fifty Shades is named Anastasia. Dingus and I are currently both with ladies named Alexandra. A wand is something a wizard uses. Who's the most famous wizard? Gandalf the Grey. <laughs> W's 23, 23rd letter. A is 1, N's 14, D's 4, it's 42. It's the AGL James was when Fifty Shades was published, and the answer to everything in Hitchhiker's Guide. So that's that's why it was weird to me. I feel really privileged that this tour I just took through the Kelly Wand thought process it was. It's all I could think about during the movie. I'm trying to watch sex. I, I feel like a, a sorcerer just did that. <laughs> a wizard did it. So that's my number one, Christian Grey from Fifty Shades, bro. <laughs> I don't see how you could, anybody could watch anything in Fifty Shades of Grey and not feel weird, regardless of what anybody is named. I can't see how anyone can watch Fifty Shades of Grey and not feel. Oh, I'm that. I'm definitely the main character. <laughs> I guess that's, if your name was Dakota, that also might be weird. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I really related to that character. Kelly Wan, how are you feeling about the Fifty Shades of Grey sequel that's coming out? Have you watched the trailer for that? No, there's a trailer? Yeah. I don't want any spoilers. Right, it might give things away, yeah. Yeah, because they broke up at the end of the first movie, so I'm assuming that they're just going to stay broken up for the second movie. I don't want to give just, anything away, I don't want to spoil it for it's you. Gonna be like, it's not going to be like Twilight. They it's did, really uh, just so you know, for the sequel they did uh, give him a different name because they, they respected that it felt weird for you. Oh, cool. So her name's not Anastasia? <laughs> Dingus, weirdest movie where a character has your name. All right. Uh, here's a quote from it. You are strange, Christian. That hmm. would be... Uh, Dr. Strange? Count of Monte Cristo. Here's another quote from it. You cannot save these people, Christian, but you can save me. Mm-hmm. That's his Dreyfus, his Richard Dreyfus. It's either Poseidon or ah, um, Poseidon. I like that. Going coconuts with the Osmonds or Benji the Hunted or Benji the Hunted. Benji the Hunted. <laughs> All right, so this is from a movie, and this is going to get me in real trouble. Uh, this is from a movie called Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh. And um, uh, Morgan Freeman, Morgan uh, Freeman's character, constantly calls um, Kevin Costner's Robin Hood 
character Christian. Ah, because what's he's, he called? Christian Slater's character, <laughs> brother. Okay. Because he's a Moor, right? He's referring yeah. to him being he's ah, a sure. Moor, and he's constantly calling him Christian. And there's a reason for this. I'm not just I'm not just goofing on you here. Um, uh, when this movie came out, uh, I was dating a girl. Uh, her name is Tammy. Uh, who's this was her favorite movie of all time. She wanted to watch this movie over and over and over again. This, it's her Kevin, this Kevin Reynolds movie from 1991. And she absolutely loved the Brian Adams song, Everything I Do. Oh. Parent- parenthetically, Everything I Do, I Do so It. So Robin Hood, um, I hear that song, and him. And uh, she absolutely loved this movie, so we had to watch it over and over and over again. And Morgan Freeman is for every for ever referring to him as Christian, you know, you can't, and it, there, there's such, it, it's so horrible. The movie is so bad. And I watched it again this week just to kind of get another, uh, uh, I have to marinate myself into this weird thing what? that Tom made us do. I know, I know, I know, but I had to, I had what? to, I had to see if, if this movie was as bad as I remembered it being. Um, uh, and it's, it's so, it's so weird. It's, uh, you know, I remember watching it at the time and thinking, you know, Alan Rickman is a complete in a completely different movie than everybody else. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's in Hudson Hawk. But he's actually really yeah, he is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, but he's really no good one in, else it. Is in anything. And yeah. then the movie gets really scary and rapey at the end. But yeah. It's kind of comical rape. It's going to historically rapey, but you're right. It's kind of comical rapey. The fun characters raping someone, which makes me want to throw up when I'm watching it a little bit. Uh, but that whole thing of uh, I just remember that moment, Tom, and and you you bringing this topic up made me think about how weird I felt every time I had to watch this horrible movie with this girl I was going out with who loved the movie, and I couldn't really rail on how horrible it was and how badly it was put together. It's so badly put together. It's so poorly done it's unbelievably poorly done even though it's got like some good cast members here and there um but when you feel like you can't just say this person that yeah i want to impress this girl uh so i can't really tell her that her favorite movie of all time is absolute dreck um but it's 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 so weird sitting there hearing morgan freeman going christian every couple of minutes hey christian you're strange christian uh you cannot save these people christian i'm like yes i know i cannot save these people you're right morgan freeman so uh so even though it's it's not really the name it's the uh religion that he's referring to um i had to go with this one tom uh that the thing i remember about robin hood is isn't that where they that footage of the camera on the arrow flying into the bullseye it was from the trailer and they decided oh this is so cool we're actually going to put it in the release of the movie did you guys know about that like that wasn't no i didn't know that yeah they were like it was an example of hey this tracks well in the trailer we're going to actually put it in the movie Uh, i believe it's such a cursory moment the the arrow splitting moment which is it which is supposed to be the iconic robin hood thing fletcher it's such a cursory moment uh, and then there's there's also that arrow, that flaming arrow thing, which might be what you're talking about. No, it's isn't it where the camera's on the arrow? Like it's oh yeah, okay, camera okay. going through. Yeah, they did and that for the trailer. Translator is so bad in this movie. Uh, God. Everyone's miscast in it, and I like Everyone. that guy so much. He's so bad. Uh, it's no Waterworld. Waterworld's got more in it than Robin Hood. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Or it's, it's no postman. I mean, I like the postman. I like this. Ew. I, I like the postman. Let's go back to Waterworld. 
Yeah, Waterworld, um, it's more of an apocalypse I can wrap my brain around. <laughs> That's what they put on the poster. Yeah. Postman doesn't have not Saffron Burroughs. Who's the oh Gene Triplehorn doesn't have like Gene Triplehorn. Yeah. No, that's Water. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is Postman needs more Gene Triplehorn, frankly. I remember liking the Postman. I don't know why, but I remember liking it. Because you, really? guess you're a Kevin Costner apologist. Is that, another, is that not another Kevin Reynolds movie? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They kept swearing not to work together and go. All right, one more, and then it would be All right, well, okay. We're gonna make one more three-hour terrible movie, and that's it. I like Fandango though. Remember. <laughs> Did you ever see the first one they did? Yeah, Fandango. actually, yeah, Fandango's funny. With Judd Nelson, where he skydives. What? He, he doesn't have a... He forgets about his parachute or something, and it was like he a He leaves a, a vibrator under the witness stand? All right. <laughs> this is a disaster. Uh, the, oh, Tom, the, please help where us. It was weird is that someone had my first name, and I've actually come to enjoy this. There's a YouTube video of all the times in Miller's Crossing where somebody says to Gabriel Byrne, Jesus, Tom. Uh, and it's said throughout. There are several variations of it. A friend of mine in graduate school used to always say that to me. Jesus, Tom. <laughs> quoting Miller's Crossing. Uh, you didn't even see it. <laughs> no, I think anytime you're exasperated with me, just throw at me a little Jesus, Tom, and I'll come Jesus, in. Tom. Yeah. Uh, and it's said by so many different characters and so many different accents with so many different intonations. Uh, Miller's Crossing is is a veritable cornucopia of Jesus Toms. Jesus Toms. And the one I remember most is when uh, he's in a room on a chair and he's going to be punished for something he's done. So a big old guy is going to come in. There's a little guy who is going to like uh, beat him. And something happens where it goes wrong with the little guy. So a big old huge hulking guy comes rushing into the room, and Gabriel Byrne, I think, punches him in the nose. And the guy gets all sheepish, like holding his broken nose, and he, he looks at Gabriel Byrne kind of hurt. He goes, Jesus, Tom. Like he wasn't expecting to get punched in the nose. And you're f- supposed to feel very bad for the poor guy at that point. That is the best moment. But that, but it's the it's it's reversed. It's you know it's the little it's, guy. Oh, oh yeah, right. So he punches the big guy. The big guy goes Jesus, Tom, and he walks out. And then the little guy comes in in a fury and kicks his ass. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, he doesn't punch him. He he hits the big guy with the chair. Oh, the, so that's a big ch- guy. Just kind right. of is like, uh, he's yeah. not even. He's just like Jesus, Tom, and he leaves. And then the little guy comes in, rolling up his sleeves. Because it's like he's like now I have to go and get my boss to do this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that moment so much. I was hoping you would pick that. Jesus, Tom. So I, I Jesus, Tom. Exactly, Kelly Wand. Superstar. Oh, don't sing it. Good lord. Uh, oh my god. I'm having flashbacks to Tommy now. The first time I ever said that to you, uh, I said it in an Irish accent. Jesus, Tom. Which is Jesus, an Irish accent. But it's that's not how the guy says it. And I can't remember who the actor is. He's so good. It's just it's exactly the way you did it, Tom. It's just he's just so Jesus, Tom. I mean, he's just so disappointed. Is it the Irish accent a thing from Far and Away? Is it like does every anyone ever say? Oh, I guess his name isn't Tom in that movie. I was assuming that was a Far and Away thing. Jesus, Tom. Be. The Skaggy Witch sold me a gammy spell. <laughs> <laughs> That's Scottish, Kelly Wand. Oh. All right, Kurt Jensen says, Kurt's in movies always seem to be minor characters, so keeping with the spirit of the topic, I didn't search through movies or use the internet. I could only come up with two. Nightcrawler is named Kurt Wagner. X-Men oh. movies, can't really get excited about a strange blue CG mutant creature with my name, says Kurt Jensen. 
Oh, here we go. The Losers. There's a character named Jensen in The Losers. Kurt Jensen. Oh, uh, yeah. At Which least one? having Chris Evans play a person with my name, right. we get a tall blonde excuse me, Scandinavian-looking guy, although I've never been in that good a shape. Yeah. Other than that, I can pretend that Adam Jensen in the Deus Ex games is the cousin that nobody likes. Mm-hmm. Chris Hobson says, <clears throat> Hi, guys. I apologize, but I have to resort to TV for this. All right, moving on. Paul Weimer says, "What? <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm going to avoid the- – okay, I'll go back to Chris Hobson. Chris Hobson, this isn't a TV podcast. I'm not going to read his TV picks. I'm going to see if he's got anything from the movies in here. Uh, oh, good so lord. Not this, only is this it- is Hobson's choice. you got to make it. Ding is it? So yeah, exactly. It's a Star Trek thing about Hobson's choice. Uh, he's in uh, being his, Oh, good lord! It's even Next Generation Star Trek. I don't. Uh, Chris Hobson. I can't. Jesus. Oh, here, here we go. I'm going to read this part of Chris Hobson's email. At the end, he says, "I'm turning myself into the three x three police station right now." See? Yeah, you are, Chris Hobson, bringing up Star Trek Next Generation, some nonsense about a robot racist objection to data being put in command. Uh, data engaged. Data is put in command. Yep. Paul Weimer. Dingus, you think I've seen Next Generation and I know how they say his name? Please. (laughs) Paul Weimer. Hi, guys. I'm going to avoid the obvious choices where my name is in the title itself and come up with different appalling choices for this one. Misery. Uh Uh-huh. Appalling. Oh. Oh, yeah. Paul Sheldon. (laughs) good. Uh, Yeah. Paul Sheldon meets his biggest fan. No one's ever going to take to heart the few stories and essays I've written and become my biggest fan in a similar way. I hope. He says, Zodiac, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Paul Avery, uh, uh, in the movie, is based on the San Francisco serial killer's reign of terror. Sadly, if I had a, quote, I am not Avery, end quote, button, I don't think anyone would get it. Okay? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I oh, saw that here's one. Yeah, I can understand this one, Paul Weimer. Dune. Uh, Paul right. Atreides in David Lynch's strange adaptation of the Frank Herbert novel. I'll tell you of the waters of my home world, Paul Weimer. (laughs) Brett Weingold. Uh, I've been listening for a while now. This is my first time writing in. Thank you, Brett. Uh, I thought this was a great topic because a few movies immediately came to mind as films or scenes I remembered well, primarily because one of the characters shared my name. In my experience, at least, when a character in a movie shares your name, it draws your attention and tends to stick with you. I can only think of two. Uh, number two, Brett Weingold picks Maverick, the titular character, <laughs> Brett Maverick, played by Mel Gibson, constantly <laughs> suffers an indignity with which I'm familiar. People getting his single syllable name wrong, addressed throughout Bert. the film as Bert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maverick is constantly snapping. It's Brett, Brett. Is his other one alien? Uh, well, let's find out. When I well, that up, makes me think of his Flight of the Concord. All right. Brit, 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 uh, Brit, Brit says, Brit. when I pick up food at a takeout place, I often end up having my order called out for Brad, Brat, or once. Yeah, people don't want to say it. Or once, breath. Oh. <laughs> Is breath here? Is antihistamines ready? Oh, here's a good one. Say it in Alicia Vikander's voice, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brett Weingold's number one pick, Pulp Fiction. The unfortunate Brett, played by Frank Whaley, <laughs> is visited by Jules and uh, Vincent because he has some property belonging to their boss. After saying what, 
one time too many, Brett is forced to listen to a religious lecture from Jules before being killed. Yeah. A constant joke from friends in college was one of Jules' lines here. See, I misheard this because we yeah, used to too. apply this to our friend Brad. And uh, in, in much to Brett Weingold's chagrin, I always thought the line was about Brad, but it is, as Brett says he was constantly uh, teased in college, check out the big brain on Brett. It's fuck, not, I still think it's Brad. I wonder if maybe we're right and Brett Weingold is wrong. Mm. That'd be kind oh, of funny. wait, check it out. I, I, I stopped reading too early. However, when I went back and watched the scene, it's clear that like in Maverick, Brett is just too hard to remember. Jules, intentionally or not, mispronounces Brett's name while saying the line and actually uh. says, check out the big brain on Brad. Right. The humanity. But his name is really Brett. That is hilarious. So he's getting owned even in the movie. He's getting known and not Sam even Sam Jackson. Yeah, by Sam Jackson. <laughs> Frank Whaley plays a character named Brett, and Sam Jackson screws up the line. Calls him Brad. That, that happens in um, in Indiana Jones uh, in in the, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, the character's name is uh, um, Satipo in the script, but I think Harrison Ford say, calls him Sapito. Oh my God, Jesus! <laughs> Harrison Ford, who can't even pronounce the word nuclear. I mean, good <laughs> lord! Let me tell you guys. Dwayne Johnson will get your character's name right in a movie, and he will pronounce the word nuclear right in a movie. Yeah, he will. Cepedo. Saying. Cepedo. Mason. Oh, boy. Mason Mustaka. Wow. What? Uh, That last name sounds like I can't think of the word. Well, growing up, I was the singular Mason in a sea of Jasons. Anytime my name came up in a movie or TV show, it was something special. I would like to note that my first name is a family maiden name, so I hope the three by three cops give me some leeway uh, as to whether someone's first. Or last. No, Mason, first and last name is fine. Yep. My third pick is timely for this week's movie. The lovely Tilda Swinton playing the cruel and ugly Minister Mason in the mm-hmm. 2013 Snowpiercer. Yeah. I won't defend my love of this movie other than Tilda Swinton plays a character with my name, and she is mean to Captain America. <laughs> do you remember in that Dingus, have you seen Snowpiercer? No, I was waved off of it. Yeah, do you remember the punishment they do for people in that in that movie, Kelly Wand? Uh they make them eat uh bugs. No, that's that's what they do for food. They cuz they're it's a it's an arctic temperature, so they have a little portal that opens in the side of the train <laughs> and they make you put your arm out the portal. Oh yeah, I remember. Wait there, a minute. And they hold Wait. your arm out there. The train is going like full speed through this arctic uh wilderness that the earth has become so imagine the wind chill out there you're holding your arm out the window at this little tiny arm-shaped window in the train and then you pull your arm in and they whack it with a mallet and it shatters yeah at least it's your arm though but they use that in this movie that we just saw what do you mean she opens a a portal and throws them onto everest But not his arm. No, no, but in this, you just stick it. You're in the warm train up to your shoulder, like with your, your it's like a glory hole. You know, you know, you stick your hand into uh, it. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Is it, is it Tilda Swinton? That's, that's, that's a, I guess, digging to your point. Yeah, exactly. It's like Tilda Swinton subjecting people to cold. Is Tilda yeah. Swinton the boss in Snowpiercer? Yeah. Okay. She's unrecognizable. Glasses. I watched. Yeah. I watched partway. Like I was well into Snowpiercer before I had any idea I was looking at Tilda Swinton. It's weird. Really? She's doing a lot of shenanigans with her face, but her voice is always the her same. Her face, yeah, I guess so, and that's why I figured it out. But yeah, she just... Yeah. She's always in charge in the movies. Mm. 
She's charge the beach. She's not in Michael Clayton. Of, uh, she's, she's sweating uh-huh. up the storm. Oh, Clayton. that's true. She's so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, Kelly Wan. <laughs> Mason's number two is the character Jack Mason, played by Ice T in the 1994 classic Surviving the Game. Wow. Is a homeless man hired as a hunting guide, only to become the hunted in the deadliest game. This one is notable because it has Rutger Hauer and Gary Busey screaming my name. <laughs> right, he's right. Oh, man, I forgot about that movie. And then my number one, Mason writes, is Steven Seagal as Mason Storm in the 1990 movie Hard to Kill. Uh, that's the Kelly LeBrock one. Mason Storm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh gosh. I chose this not because Seagal is the best Mason. He's not. But for the four or five dads I met throughout the 90s that told me their son has the same name as me because of this movie. Oh, my uh, gosh. <laughs> That's my brother's name, too, actually. Uh, Storm? Mason, Mason, no, yeah, Storm. <laughs> yeah, Dingus' brother's Mason. Yeah. Uh, Mason's runners-up. There's a 37 movie called The Vulture that has a character. <laughs> oh, my God. That has a character named Stiffy Mason. What? <laughs> oh, no. That's the hardest name there is. Nice. <laughs> And then uh, Mason concludes with, oh, and that Mason kid in boyhood, I guess. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Arthur Ginvanginelli says – Oh, Arthur. Okay, we got Tom. some Arthurs. Arthur Lee Allen in Zodiac. John Carroll Lynch portrays – God, I love me some John Carroll Lynch <laughs> – uh, portrays one of the multiple uh, suspected of being the Zodiac killer. And the one that the movie suggests is probably the culprit. Arthur, I disagree. The movie is so coy about sort of – wanting you to think all of them are possible killers. Um, Lynch is appropriately strange in the role, and it did freak me out a bit when I realized that I shared a name with a man who might have been a murderer, but at least he went by Lee instead of Arthur. Am I misremembering? Like, isn't Zodiac very careful? Well, at the end, there's a a thing where it says Gyllenhaal stopped getting obscene phone calls with the guy breathing after the guy died. After Arthur died. Oh, so it implies a I heart see. attack. Like, yeah. uh, but they even did, like yeah, it's vague. I, no, it's vague. It's vague because even even when Cronen, the uh, guy. when uh, when when he shot the the murders, uh, he when Fincher shot the murders, he was a different actor in each of the scenes. Yeah. Uh, oh. So I think if he was wanting to finger someone in specific, then uh, he screwed up. Huh. It's interesting. But I do. John Carroll Lynch is the one I definitely remember most as being the creepiest. I love that guy. Uh, Arthur Ginvanelli's number one pick, Arthur Pendragon. What? In Sword of the Stone? Oh, he's called Wart throughout the movie. Yeah. But that's just a nickname given to a young version of King Arthur. I went by a variation of my middle name as a child because I share a name with my father and his father. So I cannot understand how cool it was to see a future legendary king that had a nickname – when he was young, the younger me thought this similarly implied that I would one day wield a legendary sword, and the older version of me sees how much this king's humble childhood shaped his eventual rule. Dave Perkins says there aren't uh, Dave. Oh, I see. There aren't any names that have my. There aren't any movies that have my name in them. Dave. Meet Dave. Yeah. Uh, then uh, he says, "P.S. What's something that all of our names have in common?" Huh. Uh, Dave, this is a terrible 
Riddle. Uh, there are no V. There's no V in any of our names. <laughs> huh. Her- horrible. Horrible observation. Nick D. Starts with quotes. Wait, is that all Dave had to say to us? Yep. Dave, There's that no is v. the worst email of all time, Dave. Worst. Don't write his stuff about TV, but we'll read that. <laughs> you know what, Dave? Just for you, I'm going to go back and read Chris Hobson's email. But he knows Kevin. Hi, guys. Episode 100 of Star Trek Next Generation has Lieutenant Commander Christopher Hobson. He's an a-hole, although Chris Hobson actually wrote the word asshole. He's an a-hole who has philosophical and robot racist objections to Data being put in command. After being assigned to Data's unit, he, ooh, he asks for a transfer, which Data denies. In the end, he learns that robots can be leaders too, and we, the audience, get a smug satisfaction that this jerk was just proved wrong. And you know what, Chris? I'm letting you out of 3x3 Police Station right now to make room for Dave Perkins. So, Dave, step this way. There is a V in TV. There's your cell. Nick D. says, I'll give you a quote. Stanley, you see this? This is this. This ain't something else. This is this. Kelly Wand, I know Dingus knows this. Do you know that quote? It sounds familiar. In In Deer Hunter, Christopher Walken's character is named Nick. I always thought it was a little weird in that final Russian roulette scene to have Robert De Niro screaming, Nick, when Christopher Walken meets his end. (laughs) Imagine if your name was Mao. (laughs) Like if Chairman Mao had been watching Deer Hunter. Yeah. Uh, Nick D says this quote, I recognize the council has made a decision, but given that it's a stupid ass decision, I've elected to ignore it. (laughs) Oh, Phantom Menace. That that good good Kelly one, but Dingus, do you know this one? This quote. Yeah. It is. Oh, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yep. Oh, and I see now the Nick that he's talking about. Uh, throughout the multi the uh, Marvel the Avengers. Come right on. throughout the MC multi yeah. wait what MCU oh Marvel Comics Marvel universe Com- right yeah. Yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, cinematic oh. Is that what M- the C stands for? Yeah. Cinematic Marvel Cin- Cinematic Universe it stands for massively. Huh. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but particularly in the Avengers, Sam Jackson plays Nick Fury. And it's always felt a little weird to me that superheroes would be calling someone way more badass than I am, Nick. Uh, Nick D's number one pick. I wonder if Nick's name is short for Nicodemus. I like that. Because Nicodemus is is the Michael Stuhlbarg character. In, in what? In, in Doctor Strange? Yeah. His name is really? Nicodemus? I think, never I, think that. I know, but I think that the character's name is Nicodemus. Man, if is I in the comics, the doctor who never does anything. Yeah, I'm sure. No, but there. I think that I think he's the doctor who actually tries to fix his hands and doesn't, and feels guilty about it. Oh. I think that they just cut that out because he because he, he he has a moment where he's like, "You ruined me." And I think he's saying that to Nicodemus. So we're warning Nick D that if he goes to see Doctor Strange, it might be a little weird that Michael Stuhlbarg's character is named Nick. Yeah. Uh, Nick D's number one pick. Here's the quote. What are you going to do? Charge me with smoking? Oh. <laughs> Her name's Nick in that? In Basic Instinct, Michael Douglas's character is named Nick, and Sharon Stone makes a point of using it as often as she can. Imagine me at 17 watching that movie in a room with my girlfriend and her parents, and you can guess why hearing my name said so often might feel a little weird. Wow. Does she say charge or arrest? Uh, are you going to – oh, charge me with smoking. Did I say arrest? No, no. You said charge. 
According to Nick D, the line is, what are you going to do, charge me with smoking? But you're thinking that it's, what are you going to do, arrest me for smoking? Uh, I guess charge makes more sense because they're in the police station already. But there's no charge for smoking. Like you would arrest someone. Is the char- Well, who knows? They just say you can't do that in here. Dingus, you just hang them. Suffice to say, Nick is the one who heard his name called out. Right, Nick, Stone I would know. trust Nick. Burn him at the stake. Get a, a good point. Chris, hey, you guys, oh, okay, never mind. Uh, well, Chris Webb says, I was going to sneak a, par- a peek at Markinson's test, but I couldn't find a seat next to him. So here's what I managed to come up with on my own. Test. Number three, Ellen Burstyn's character in The Exorcist is named Chris. A lot of women uh, are named Chris, it turns out. I'm a dude, but maybe not all those listeners named Chris are male. Just kidding. It's totally a sausage fest out there, Chris says. Mm-hmm. The 2002 Lil Bow Wow film, Like <laughs> Mike, yeah, features, an appearance, it features an appearance by the basketballsman Chris Webber as himself. Oh. I don't believe having seen the movie was technically a requirement, so there you go. Yeah, Chris, that would be weird. My number one pick comes from one of my favorite movies of 2016, a Scottish film called – have you guys heard of a movie called Sunset Song? No. I don't watch him a few bars. Well, according to Chris Webb, it's one of his favorite movies of 2016. Sunset uh, Song. Yeah. The lead character is a young woman named Chris Guthrie. Despite this being an English-language movie, the California theater I saw it in presented it with subtitles because of the heavy accents. Come on, California, really? Uh, Chris says, reading my name throughout the movie added an extra bit of weirdness. Uh, Oh, I love this one. Runner-up. It's a modification of my name, but the first thing I thought of about this topic was Chrissy from the opening of Jaws. (laughs) Because the guy is like, what's your name? It's Chrissy, and then she yeah. runs off, just taking her clothes off. Yeah. And who's? And, wow. He said she that. Starts it. He, yeah, he brought up as his runner-up uh, Chrissy from Does Chrissy <sighs> Watkins. Man, I feel so terrible. I'm so. Do you, my, do you my my relatives on my mom's side, um, grandparents and aunts and uncles called me Chrissy when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Diggis, you get killed right off the bat in Jaws. Uh, drove me up the fucking wall. They were constantly Chrissy? calling me Chrissy. Why would they think you'd want to be called that? I guess like, I there's no, I know, like, I would never call him a boy child Chrissy. No, but you got called Kelly. I got called Chrissy. I know, and I hated it. I Diggis, did they dress you up in dresses as well? That's weird. No, it was weird, and so it was mean. like every now and then you'd, you'd see one of them go, maybe he doesn't want this. But they didn't really care. They just called me Chrissy all the time. And my it, grandma it eventually, tried to at one point, when somebody called my house, and I answered the phone, and they're, they're instead of asking for my mom, Linda, they're like, "Hey, is it John?" I'm like, "No, it's Christian." I'm like, "Oh, okay, your voice has changed. I guess we're gonna talk <laughs> Chrissy." But I'm so I'm amazed that Chris picked that because it's it's like a secret shame of mine that my mom's parents constantly called me Chrissy. So, Dingus, that's horrible. good. It makes Jaws extra horrifying for you. Yeah, yeah. When I was seven, my grandma got me a Barbie coloring book, and I stared at her, and she's all, well, that's all they had, and it's still a coloring book. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm not even going to read it, let alone color it. What's wrong with you? I'm not going to read it. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> all right, runners up. publish for- it next year. For- <laughs> uh 
I don't have any runners up. Are you crazy? There's no Kellys. I thought there was. I thought I was hoping it was Sean Connery's name in Untouchables, but it's not. His name's like uh, Malone or so something. So isn't it weird to you when you're watching like like Kelly LeBrock being naked in Piranha 3D? Like, it's usually someone hot. It's like a yeah. hot character. Yeah, like a hot chick. But it's a hot chick, right? Like yeah. Kelly, not Kelly LeBrock. Who's the one from uh, Piranha? Kelly Brook. Isn't that her name? Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh See? my wait, god. Wait, wait. Now you're oh just saying, god. oh my god, about someone who has your name. That's like you looking in the mirror and going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. No. No? Okay. She like, replaces how- my knowledge of myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Kelly LeBrock was in Weird oh. Science. Right. And, um, when she showed up, my dad's like, look at her lips. She's terrible. Don't look at her. You know? What? All right. Whatever. Kelly LeBrock has bad lips, he thought. According to him, he just he thought she was just this terrible person. Hmm. He terrible person? Think she, no, he just made me think she was unattractive because he wasn't Or he's just annoyed because Seagal's tapping it. Because <laughs> I can't understand that. Uh, the one runner-up I would have that. is a um, is a Suzanne Beer movie called In a Better World, um, which is also known as the title Hevnen. Uh, and, uh, it's about these two Danish families and one of the kids in the movies, in the movie is named Christian. Oh, well, Dingus, you go to Denmark, you can't throw a rock without hitting someone named Christian. Exactly. Yeah, try it. Um, uh, but I, that one stuck out for me in particular because I really like In a Better World a lot. Uh, and it's like these two kids who become friends and the, the kid Christian, um, like protects the other kid who's being bullied and like beats up the bully and like threatens to stab him and the two of them get in this weird um interrogation thing where the police separate them and try to like figure out who drew the knife and who didn't and the and the boys kind of stay together uh it's a really really good movie um but the uh it, it was close in a better world almost wound up on my list because mm-hmm. of this kid christian because you because you hear and i think it's um Dang it! I can't remember. I can't remember the actor's name now. I think it's. I think his name is Thomas Ulrich. Yeah, of course. He's in every Danish movie. Dingus. That's another thing. You can't throw a, a rock at a Danish movie without hitting Thomas Ulrich. Is, it, is his name Thomas Ulrich? Yep. I can't remember. Yep. Uh, but Thomas. I love that guy. I love that guy's face, and I think he plays Christian's father or yeah. stepfather. Um, but yeah, I love that movie. Uh, of course, we all know. Light Between the Oceans. That guy's name was Tom, and I mainly know that. Tom! Exactly. Thank you, Kelly Wan. You're Alicia Vikander. <laughs> it is so hard to go. Baby. Every movie has the name Tom in it. It's like every I movie know. I go to, I'm like, Tom, okay. What are you guys talking about? No, it doesn't. I would oh, notice if that was the case. It's constantly named. Everybody's named Tom. In there are more people in movies named Christian than are named Tom. No way. Well, it may be in yep. Sweden or something. Yep. Well, yeah. Well, if, assuming right, if we fold Denmark into the mix, absolutely. Yeah, we can, no one we can use the, we can use the uh, building folding power to do that. Spoiler: thing is, quit ruining Doctor Strange. I mean, or Inception for people. Sorry, it's not. It's the mirror buildings. They're the only ones that can that works on. Kelly Wand. Speaking of things that work, what is next week's three by three, and how can the listeners participate? Because it will be awesome. Okay, it uh, won't be, but. Um, <laughs> We did that topic that one time, I think a year's, where it was great movie shame about the title. <laughs> yes. Okay. So this one is movies that live up to the title. Hmm. If you'd like to participate in this topic and hear me read things, not anime related. No, uh, lots of anime lives up to the title. title. No, so those aren't movies. These. No, no. Those <laughs> titles 
they're not really. They I mean, I, when I think of movies live up to that, like Princess Mononoke is what comes to mind for Akira. No, that doesn't look style. Evangelion. I don't even know how to pronounce no. Evangelion. Yeah, Space Cowboy Evangelion Alpha Centauri Prime. No. Yeah, yeah it doesn't live up to the title. It's too good a title. <laughs> Macross Plus totally right. lives up to the title. Macross Plus, exactly. Macross Pacific Plus. Rim doesn't live up to the title. <laughs> That's anime. So Kelly Water, they're going to be are the cops going to be on patrol for this then? Uh, I just want to get it over with. Huh. Like Dallas when he went into the alien corridor with the flamethrower. I was thinking more like, uh, like James Comey. Ooh. Oh. What? He... That's not <laughs> analogous. Just wanting to get it over with. I'm just going to go this out there. That's how everyone feels but him. That's the thing. Uh, all right. So let's say the listeners have some idea about, yeah, I know a great anime movie that lives up to the title, and I want Kelly Wan to read about it. How can they make that happen? Uh, anime will probably be disqualified because I have to agree that it lives up to the title or I won't read your submission. So there is going to be a lot of, this is going to be like a law and order topic. It's racial profiling. Wow. Okay. Stop and frisk. Yeah. All right. But I mean, I have to, I don't know. Maybe the titles are good, but it doesn't matter what the plot is. Like if you just say the title, I think we can just assume we'll take we don't want any spoilers about these anime movies so you don't need to describe the plot in any we detail. do need though need the names of the characters uh, in the movie no i don't those think that's true because those aren't really titles <laughs> unless it's like dr mister or something but it's not i would just leave the titles or not right hey can you guys do me a favor because I think you guys are the guys to do this. Do for me, because I, I don't remember the specifics of the exchange, and I'm being 100% serious. Do for me the Mads Mikkelsen Benedict Cumberbatch exchange about uh, Mr. Doctor. Like Kelly Wand, you be Benedict Cumberbatch. Dingus, you be Mads Mikkelsen. Could you guys do it? I think I can do the. Well, or if you have to switch. Yeah, if you have to like switch parts every other product every other night, like a stage. Well, I'll do whatever Dingus doesn't want. To okay, do. Dingus, if you guys could swing this, because it'd be like a with Nell and I thing, like you and I used to be able to do. Dingus, right. do this with Kelly Wan for me. This is a gift that is for me. For you? Yeah, I think Kelly has to start it though. Okay, I want to see if we can do this. I'll be the director. I'll be like the Joss Whedon here, doing this. Uh, I arbitrarily assume your name is Mister. <laughs> Mr. What? Oh, your name is Mr. What? What? It's Doctor. Doctor Mr. What? That's even crazier. Uh, it's, it's what strange. What? what Doctor Mr. What? Strange? All right, we got to – okay, it's a, it's a wrap. We're going to have to do some reshoots in June. Uh, we might have to recast some of the parts. I'm just letting you know. I can do comedy. I did Hannibal <laughs> three years. What is that voice? What is that? Playing Benedict Wong? <laughs> That's racist. That's obviously a Russian I'm doing. You racist bastard. All right. So, Kelly Watt, next week, movies that live up to the titles. Listeners, send your picks to 3x3 at quarter3.com. Or uh, don't. And, or do. And we're seeing <laughs> – I've actually completely forgotten. Did we say Deepwater Horizon? If One of us said did. The Handmaiden. Ah, The Handmaiden, right. We're seeing The Handmaiden, which is a Korean film that Dingus wanted us to see. Uh, I voted for Deepwater Horizon, but – We'll do that later when it comes. I voted for the remaining. No, you didn't. You didn't even know about it until I told you about it and until you Lexa found out the, the girl from Spy Kids was in it. Yeah. Oy, 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 oy. So, no, we're going to do uh, The Handmaiden. I don't know the Korean title. We'll get on that and get back to you about that next week. If you have I any, can, com- I can tell you what the Korean title is. Oh, go for it, Dingus. It's Agassi. 
As in Andre? Mm, I knew you were going to say that, but it's it's important to know that that's the Korean title as you watch the movie. Just right. spoiler alert. Why? Because there's a Mr. Dr. Agassi sequence. <laughs> and we'll be confused if we don't realize that that's no, a double No, it's just taunt. Dr. Gosh darn it. Oh. Okay, you, know, you guys need to rehearse that scene a little bit more, and then we'll... Uh, we'll... It's Dingus Miraski, Dr. Mr. Junior it's Esquire. Nurse. It's Nurse. It's Nurse Rachel, Dr. Stranger, Interest, Christian Grey. Yeah, I, I think we've got a good take in the can for that. I think we're good. Yeah, very nice. Very nice, very nice work, gentlemen. Okay, that's a wrap. It's uh, wrap, hand, take, QX3... Join us for uh, Movies Live Up to the Title and The Handmaiden next week. Handmaiden. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Christian Fletch Malinsky. It's Mr. Christian Moroski. And Kelly Wand. Hey, if the thing married Casper the Friendly Ghost, his name would be Anything Ghost. Where are you in this vast multiverse, Mr. Wand? That is my choice to make. I swore an oath to keep it secret. This lie has kept Apocalypse at bay for hundreds of years. We were afraid if the Queen's heart was destroyed, you'd lose your immortality or die. That wasn't your choice to make! Wait. Kelly, I mean, everything is about everything is about you. Nuclear zone. That's true. That's true.